0: But as always, Larry Brown has done a superb job as this Indiana Pacer team has turned it around in the second half of the season. Larry Brown, though a guy who certainly made the rounds a coaching career that began in the ABA with the Carolina Cougars back in 1973. Off to the, the Denver Nuggets from 75 through 79. To the college ranks, UCLA, 1980-81. And then back to the pros. A brief stint with the New Jersey Nets in 82-83. To the University of Kansas, he won a national title. Led by Danny Manning. Back to the NBA. San Antonio from 89 through 92. Then the Los Angeles Clippers beckoned. Spent a year and a half with the Clippers. And then it was on to Indiana where he took over for Bob Hill. Some people have said that Larry Brown coaches like he's double parked. He has not stayed yes, anywhere
1: too long. But wherever he has been, he has turned them into winners. to rewatch a
2: movie.
1: Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Quit, quit. quit. Sloppery banana.
2: he's going ag- to ag- aggregate this. Lillard <laughs> Long Range
0: 3. Ah!
1: Their defense is atrocious. I'm sort of the rock star. The
3: rock star. Right on the cowboy. People, Tiso. Tiso is the official watch of the NBA. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about aggregation. I'm
1: oddly intrigued by neck tattoos. You know, we love China. We love the you know, planet oh, oh man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It just
3: it's just hitting me right, right now. Shut up and listen. You, you think you're better than me? Bye. We are back. Ben Croft. The Knicks now hold a commanding 2-0 series advantage in the 1994 Eastern Conference Finals against the Indiana Pacers. How you doing, man? How you feeling about today's game? How's life in general? How's your outlook on this uh, whole thing right now? Uh,
4: feeling feeling good, feeling strong, yep. feeling very confident coming into Game 3. Yep. As we discussed at the end of Game 2, you know, this looks like a team that, frankly, we don't really need to worry too much about. Um, you know the Knicks just uh, uh, took care of business at home handily, uh, two straight double-digit wins at MSG. Um, you know I don't really see what uh, what all the fuss is about here, Chris. This Indiana yeah. team, you know, not that scary to me. Um, not even really that uh, that that bothersome. Really, um, feels like uh, feels like it should be a pretty easy series. So uh, yeah, I'm excited to, uh, to to head to Indiana here. Um, For, and head, uh, to, head to head to Market Square Arena in Indianapolis, yeah, Indiana. Should be a towards, really
3: marching towards that inevitable sweep, eh, Ben?
4: Yeah, should be a really pleasant, breezy, <laughs> uh, easy, beautiful game three in yep. Indianapolis. Um, yeah. Uh, can't can't wait to just uh to just blow through this one you know we're moving along at a, at a healthy clip here chris uh yeah so, um, yeah, I'd say we just, uh, you know, let's just uh, get through this one
3: as, as painlessly as possible. My thoughts on the first two games are pretty succinct. And it's like the Knicks just kind of imposed their will and that mm-hmm. they were like the Knicks as advertised. It was like everything we knew about the Knicks, they did in those first two games. And it was just sort yeah. of seamless. And they won in sort of convincing, you know, like nitty gritty kind of ugly fashion. But they won. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. what we just come to expect and we would expect no less here at market square arena in indianapolis so ben let's let's get right into it it's game three the date is may 28th we are at market square arena we're on nbc sports today ben marv albert and mac lucas on the call
0: for the past two decades the new york knicks have had a reminder hanging over their heads moments of championships gone by To some, memories that seem so distant. So long ago that Pat Riley was a Nick adversary. But today, this former opponent is New York's biggest proponent as they march toward a crowning achievement. So long ago that a youthful schoolboy named Patrick could have never imagined his desire could rekindle the brilliance of yesteryear.
2: And actually, I would love to win the championship. I won in every, on every level, high school, college. Um, now I want to win in the goals.
0: Ewing's self-fulfilling prophecy has been trouble for the Indiana Pacers. Two games played, two games dominated. The Pacers know how to dominate. They danced into the conference finals, but the music has stopped a lack of team rhythm has them mired in thought. Thoughts that team leader Reggie Miller hopes become positive because he knows how important today is.
1: You only get so many chances in this league, so um, like I always tell the guys, you got to cease the moment while we're here. You got to cease the moment.
0: That moment is now. NBA on NBC. The 1994 NBA playoffs.
4: I mean, we've got an absolutely tremendous uh, NBA on NBC classic playoff intro here, oh uh, you know, narrate, narrated by Marv. Uh, extremely emotional. Um,
3: is this uh, a, would we say this is a poem? I mean, it was definitely like a montage sort of video segment, but was it also yeah, not it's like a, something of like a poem?
4: It's uh, it's definitely a poem um or a um a a uh, what do you call that like a a, to- a tone poem that's what i'm thinking of sorry poem. yeah 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 A tone poem is a piece of uh, of music generally um but uh but for some reason that is a term that is coming to my mind um but yeah these NBA on NBC intros uh you know we're, were nothing short of um of stirring um you know they were often narrated by by Marv, sometimes by Bob Costas. I think Tom Hammond would occasionally do them. Um, but yeah, this one has you know shots of a a youthful schoolboy named Patrick, mm. um, really uh, setting the mood here uh, before Game Three. Uh, great stuff. I mean, we could we could splice in a little bit of that audio perhaps sure. um, to uh, to just kind of set the mood here. But yeah, this is playoff basketball. This is this is a, a high stakes game. Of course, Knicks up 2 uh, If if they win here, the the uh, you know they could pretty much wrap up the series. So we're looking for a uh, we're looking for to, to come out and uh, looking for a dominant performance here. And uh, let's see the next thing I have in my notes. Um, we get like a, the full the full pregame intro. Yeah. Um. I love how how much just how generous uh, this pick and roll UK account is to uh, to us uh, old school basketball viewers. Um. Now as we will get to this mercifully thankfully um triumphantly was a return to the advertisements um yeah. that we'll uh, we'll be we'll be able to discuss a little bit um but uh but yeah along with that we've got the full pregame introduction
3: I love that Marv takes note that tomorrow is the Indianapolis 500
4: Yeah Exactly. So I was just going to say the uh, the shot, the N- the NBC broadcast opens with a shot, an outdoor shot, as they often do, you know, for, for their uh, sporting events, setting the scene. Uh, this is an outdoor shot of a parade uh, going down a, a city boulevard. Um, and it looks like a pretty pathetic parade, uh, <laughs> to, to be frank, Chris. Um, I'm thinking, you know, what is this like high school marching band bullshit? Uh, but apparently, Chris, this was the 500 Festival Parade.
0: Indianapolis, Indiana, on this 28th day of May, the sports capital of the United States. Upwards of 100,000 in the downtown area turning out for the 500 Festival Parade. Is uh,
4: which is a, a, a apparently an all-day parade uh, that takes place in Indianapolis uh, the day before the Indy 500. Um Oh boy. <laughs> I can feel it happening. <laughs> All right. All right, Chris. So, I don't know if if our if our listeners remember last episode I I sort of mentioned that I um uh, at some point the series a side of me um that I'm not uh entirely proud of would would be emerging um an ugliness, um, a sort of an ugliness, yeah. a darkness um that again i i think i've done a a pretty good job of suppressing and um it's like your
3: incredible hulk it's it's all uh, of a sudden like your skin <laughs> is turning green your yeah. muscles are bulging out of your shirt uh, collar yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 it's it's something
4: that you know as you age and mature um and and grow into adulthood you know you sort of learn to to, to set aside to to, to yeah. cover up to tamp down to um to sort of swallow and um and 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 uh you know and and not uh not release um but but sometimes it comes out and uh yeah and i believe that that this is going to be that episode i'm sorry i apologize in advance um i don't know what i'm going to say uh in this next hour and a half uh or or so but um but it it might be offensive. Yeah. Uh this is a, a a warning to all of our listeners um uh to um <laughs> you know to 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 just kind of uh brace yourself for that. Okay. Um so so yeah, so on that note, we've got we've got the city of Indianapolis. Sure. Um and we've got this 500 festival parade. Just just pathetic, just a, a <laughs> Just a, a fucking like podunk ass little like backwater shit puddle of a town uh, that you that you see on your television screen here, Indianapolis. I don't know. I've never been there. It's probably lovely for the people that live there. I feel sorry for them, frankly. Um, uh, just the second I, I I take in these images, um, I just feel you know just a, a feeling of of, of just kind of like ickiness and mm-hmm. and and a little little bit of nausea creeping up, mm-hmm. up my throat um and uh yeah um it, i just i just don't want to i don't want to have anything to do with the city and here's the, here's the question chris okay. um when you when you sit down to to watch a uh, a basketball game uh when you when you sit sit down on your couch you turn on your television you tune you know you you, you check your local listings, uh you you know you you, you pick the uh... The, uh, you know, you set aside some time in your day or your evening, um, you turn to the appropriate channel at the appropriate time to watch an NBA basketball game. What is the sport that you want to watch? Uh,
3: I, I want to watch basketball.
4: <laughs> basketball, really? Yeah. You don't want to watch. You don't want to watch NASCAR racing, Chris. You want to watch
3: basketball. Mm-hmm. When you tune into a basketball game, yeah, I'm looking to watch basketball during a basketball. Interesting, game. interesting. Yeah, yeah. And
4: that's because you're you're a basketball fan. That's you're right. not a fan of racing. I mean, car you know, racing, may, yeah. maybe maybe you are a, a, a fan of that sport, but. Um, but that's not the sport that you're yeah, no, really... Even,
3: even if I was a fan of car racing, which to be clear, I'm not, uh, when I turn on a basketball game, I want my expectations fulfilled. I'm looking to watch basketball, not car racing.
4: Yeah, yeah. You want to consume the the sports entertainment product known as as NBA basketball. Yeah, because not, anything not short fucking... of that
3: would be what we would call deceit. That would be deceitful if someone yeah, said, this is a basketball Yeah, false
4: advertising. Game. Yeah, there's, uh, you know, there's laws against things like this. Yeah. Um, uh, this is this is basically a hate crime that that's being committed. The amount of NASCAR fucking culture and NASCAR, like just like product placement, basically uh-huh. promotion that is fucking jammed in jammed down our throats against our wills. Mm-hmm. Um, it is unacceptable.
3: It's overwhelming. It is sh- yeah.
4: It it is shameful, um, and it is it is disgusting and. Um, and it starts right off the bat in the first thirty seconds of our telecast here, and uh, and it does not let up. As we will, as we will, uh, I will be reminding uh, us um, throughout throughout our recording I, I, here.
3: I have a quick question for you: Is this something yeah. that you have only sort of realized and remembered in rewatching this game, or like did you have did you have an awareness about this sort of thing when you were an eleven, ten year old kid watching this game originally?
4: You know, I didn't quite. I couldn't quite put my finger on it at that time. I don't think I quite had right. the awareness. The sort of. of yeah, the awareness and the um and and the and the sort of uh you know self consciousness and and the, and the sort of mental tools to like yeah um to like understand what I was feeling um until until um you know doing this rewatch only only now am I able to like fully articulate like the uh and sort of explain I guess uh, uh the emotions yeah that this that this uh engendered inside me um and um a- as i'll describe there is a a specific sound chris oh. um, <laughs> 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 yeah all right let's not get there just quite yet um <laughs> we've got some other things to cover yes. quickly all right um, so
3: quickly um we should mention uh so so uh, Marv mentions the Indianapolis 500. We have scenes of the uh, the parade that you mentioned in downtown Indianapolis. And then we see Marv and Matt Gukis on camera for the first time.
0: Hi, everybody. Marv Albert along with Matt Gukis. And Matt, you look back over the first two games of this series, and it's clear cut. The Knicks have been very aggressive. The Pacers have not. First thing I note, Ben,
3: here is Marv with an absolutely epic, epic hairpiece in the pre-game yeah. introductions, and in actuality, we've heard then, Marv's voice,
4: uh, you know, mm-hmm. throughout this this uh, the series. But yeah. I guess we've never actually seen him on camera. Is that possible? Yeah. Because it was I, like a, a jarring, like sudden sort yes. of shock to, to see him on camera.
3: It was jarring to see him on camera. I think we maybe didn't see him, or if we did see him, it was like really in quick little bursts. Maybe it's the angle of the camera that we never saw him this close, the color yeah. of his hair. Or
4: maybe but, he got like a, maybe it was like a new look, maybe yeah. a bit of a makeover I that he got for, the, very for, the, for the finals, you know, for it, the Eastern w- Conference Finals. Whatever
3: the case is, he was wearing a epic hairpiece, really fluffy, and um, what I learned, Almost bouffant-esque. Yeah, I mean, this was really very fluffy atop his head, and uh, some, something I discovered, Ben, really quickly in researching this was that Marv actually, in fact, uh, didn't wear a hairpiece or a wig what he wore was a hair weave now this is ah. this, this is a detail that actually comes out during the fateful sexual assault trial that Marv of course um, has to you know go to court for I think in 1997 or 8 um, mm-hmm. and it's a detail you know that that comes uh, that comes out in the case and and where Marv's accuser presented a number of lurid details against him, made, made these accusations mm. against him. And one of them was, I guess, that uh, at some point during their evening together, he must have took off his wig or adjusted his wig during the incident, and Marv's defense lawyers were prepared to call his hairstylist to the witness stand to tell jurors wow. that, in fact, the wig tail, for one, was, quote, impossible, as Marv would later tell Barbara Walters in his uh, kind of apology, that he doesn't wear a, a, a hairpiece or a wig. He says, quote, my hair does not come off my head. So what we, what we learn here is through Marv's hairstylist is is that it's a hair weave, it's not, it's not a wig. Um, Fascinating. So I found that very, uh, very interesting. But yeah, Marv with a jarring, jarring head of hair here in the pregame introductions.
4: Yeah, um a thick pile as I, as I believe yes. uh, it's called in uh, in in carpet uh you know actual carpeting terms <laughs> uh very very thick very high. Yes. Um uh beautiful really. I mean, you know, he he did a he did a great job um with that um you know with that hair hair expression i'm, a, I'm afraid there are a couple of things i'm going to need to touch on <laughs> in the pregame here chris sure. uh we need to talk about this larry brown interview yep happened. so they have they have a, a you know a little clip of larry brown of course indiana pacers head coach larry brown
1: yeah. well, we got to hold and grab and slap like they do uh, we got to put it on the referees to call the game that way uh you know i think the knicks are a great defensive team um but when, when it gets tough, they start grabbing and holding and pushing and we haven't responded to that. Um, if they're gonna hand check our guards down the court, we gotta hand check them. If they're gonna push Rick Smits on the post, we gotta push Patrick Ewing. Um, if they're gonna send five guys to the defensive board, and knock people around. We got to do the same thing, and and I think that's the bottom line. A
3: known cannibalist Larry Brown, he <sighs> eats human flesh. Go ahead, Ben, the floor is yours. I mean, we
4: talked uh, previously about how Phil Jackson was constantly like whining and and mm-hmm. complaining and whimpering to the to the referees, you know, through the media. Um, same same exact uh, playbook here with Larry Brown. Um, but I think this is like that-
3: tenfold. I mean, this is this is Phil Jackson on steroids here
4: exactly it's phil jackson on steroids and without any of the like dignity you know actual actual like dignity and gravitas and and like sort of credibility that phil jackson had as a three-time nba champion like phil jackson Um, has some
3: pride about him he wears nba championship rings when he makes a complaint phil jackson is a baller and some value this yeah is he he is an
4: alpha he has an alpha mustache with alpha suspenders Coming from Larry Brown, an accountant
3: who eats human flesh in his basement. He has handcuffs and chains in his basement. Uh, It's not okay.
4: Extremely creepy, slimy little worm person, Larry Brown, saying uh, we have to hold and grab and slap like they do. And then then he says later, if they're going to push Rick Smith on the post, we got to push Patrick Ewing. Um, To which I say, uh, or, you know, Rick Smiths could, uh, you know, take some kind of a magic pill that would transform him from the uh, giant size, uh, yet incredibly fragile, uh, you know, translucent, like porcelain baby doll figurine that he is uh, into an actual human man uh, so that he doesn't get pushed around in the post by men that are like, a foot shorter than him um yeah maybe rick smith should uh, should grow a pair of balls and and actually like learn how to hold his own yep uh but no instead uh it's it's the Nick's dirty play that that larry brown is whining about um just just disgusting despicable man all right and then we uh moving on here uh we have Ahmad rashad noting that reggie miller wears number 31
2: he wears number 31 which is the same number on the car driven by al hunter the defending
4: I do not give a fuck. Stop talking about NASCAR, NASCAR. on my television. I don't like that sport. Yeah. I'm not watching a NASCAR event. I'm trying to enjoy some fucking NBA basketball. But uh, but yeah, no. the uh, The Indiana Pacers uh, apparently uh, don't have much going for them, other than the fact that they happen to exist in the same city. As, uh, as a famous uh, race car race. So uh, apparently that is the entirety of their cultural identity. We're race cars. We're, we're the race car team um, because Indianapolis is a little fucking backwater shithole that has nothing else going for it. So uh, yeah, thank you for the reminder, uh, NASCAR, Indy 500, some random ass race car driver that I don't give a shit about. Um, very, very uh, important information. Thank you, Ahmad
3: Rashad okay um why don't <laughs> <laughs> why, why don't i uh move us on to the <laughs> first commercial bake a uh, break ben so yeah. we have the <laughs> uh, probably a good idea we probably have the mazda millennia for a uh a steep a steep twenty six thousand dollars, ben my thought here is why not just buy a gallant I was uh, going to say,
4: a Gallant, you're getting the same quality yeah. automobile, but for much, much Half lower price. price. Is that right? Yeah, it doesn't yeah.
3: make any sense to me. And I want to say, you know, like something we're, we're going to see over the course of this game is Mazda goes all in, all in. They wage a full war here with our friends at Mitsubishi. Um, yeah, the,
4: Ma- Mazda has set their sights uh, oh, squarely yeah. on the, Mitsubishi. You're going
3: to be hearing plenty about the Mazda millennia today. Then we have a Not full, to mention the 626. Yeah, the 626 as well. We have a fun yeah. uh, AT&T spot. I, I forgot about that. Do you remember that little song, the jingle at the end of the commercial? Your true voice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 All right, then back at Market Square oh, Arena. Okay.
4: Whoa, whoa, Hang on, Chris. You forgot about the third commercial in that ad break for NASCAR. The
0: Miller Genuine draft Rusty Wallace stock car. See it,
1: feel it
4: for miller genuine draft the rusty wallace stock car uh yeah don't forget uh guys uh nascar nascar is a sport uh indy 500 is tomorrow uh miller genuine draft uh the rusty wallace stock car a um, a big fan favorite
3: there oof All right, back at Market Square, in the pregame introductions, I just make note of this absolutely despicable uh, Reggie Miller dance routine, Ben. We should talk about
0: it. I don't think that this is something that Larry devised following the introduction of the Pacers. And a little twist now. We're seeing a new dance step because we monitored this right throughout the earlier rounds of the playoffs. Well, maybe Reggie Miller
2: then... (laughs) his partner there have come up with some technical adjustments of their own but yeah how would you describe
3: his dance routine here i would say there's a lot of clapping so first of all Uh, he's dancing with who haywood workman
4: haywood workman clearly against his will um you know miller gave him like a homework assignment learn all of these moves if you don't get it exactly right by tomorrow in practice i'm gonna fucking yeah i'll I'll, I'll replace i'll replace you with Vern fleming
3: oh terrible terrible man. Yeah. So yeah, there's a there's there's clapping, there's spinning, like
4: a clap circle, elbow bump, elbow bump, tons of fist bumps.
3: And then the f- most uh, chest the bump. most despicable part of it all Ben is the ripping open of the Pacers jackets to reveal a shirt. I mean, it's just just terrible. Well, he does
4: he clearly rips off Michael Jackson yes. with the little leg Spin. kick into yeah. into the um into like the finger point and then the double, like he actually does like a moonwalk, like a mini moonwalk into a double spin. Yeah. um, And then rips his shirt off as if he is, you know, Michael Jackson in like the black or white video. Right. Um, Like, you know, screaming on top of the car. Um, And uh, yeah, Newsflash, Reggie Miller, you are not Michael Jackson. Yes. You can't dance like him. You look ridiculous and pathetic. Michael Jackson, Um, no
3: doubt a huge fan favorite here in Indianapolis with the NASCAR crowd. Uh yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. I mean he would I I have to give him you know to be fair uh MJ was in fact a, an Indian a native of course you know growing up in in uh, being born and growing and born and raised in Gary Indiana. Was he really? Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah that's actually true. Um wow. But it doesn't that's no excuse. There's no reason why uh Reggie Miller should have um you know used that um to uh to 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 justify these pathetic like frankly embarrassing to look at uh dance routines uh yeah pulls yeah. off his his warm up like it's like some like you know t-shirt that he's ripping it uh, just looks like a big fat idiot yep
3: quarter one let's just scream out any sort of uh, things we note here we're going to try to get through the first half of the game as quickly as possible <sighs> first thing for me man is just uh, you know I'm feeling optimistic I'm feeling positive here and the first thing I note is just I love these Knicks royal blue jerseys man like just, yeah yeah I they think, look good on the road I think it's the first time we've seen them in this playoff run play a road game if I'm not mistaken and so it- uh
4: no game, fi- game three the the Ku coach buzzer beater was in chicago. Okay,
3: that's right. Well, anyways, it's yeah. been a while since we've seen them play in the blues and they just mm-hmm. they, they look great. They they look, they really yeah. look great. And then the second thing Agreed. I have down, man, is oh my God, Ben, I don't know what it is. If it's that pale hardwood of the court, if it's seeing the name Market Square Arena, the font on the floor of the court, but all of a sudden it's rushing back to me the hate, the ugliness, yeah. the hatred that I feel for this team. It's yeah. there's something about it's so weird, man. It's like this sense memory thing, like just seeing. That court, the font on the court, the the, the, yeah. the color of the court, those jerseys. Yeah, the, like
4: the paleness of it. And I feel like the crowd was also extremely yes.
3: pale. Oh, dude. Like a lot and of... The crowd was so, so fired up. The fans were absolutely rabid to start the game.
4: Yeah, I will say the atmosphere is rowdy. It feels a lot like you know, like a college, like you know, pavilion uh, type atmosphere. Yeah, man. Um, I wrote like o-
3: almost. I hate these fans so much, but Ben, I also have such like profound respect for them. I understand that sacrilege I to see I
4: can't say. I can't say I share that opinion because <laughs> I have no. I have zero respect.
3: I know you have zero respect for them, but I will just say that in these fans. I, I understand their, their, their passion. I understand how much they love their team. Um, and these people at the top of the game are just rowdy, man. They are as rowdy as possible to start this game.
4: Yeah, it's true. No, the atmosphere is palpable. Um, it is really like a night and day, you know, feeling from from MSG. Um, as you said, like the the memory came came rushing back. Yep. <clears throat> um, in a in a way that honestly I didn't even really fully I wasn't prepared for. Um, it was a, it was much more visceral yeah. and. Uh, and and kind of like deep seated than than like any sort of um, anyth- anything that I that I could have imagined really yeah um, and who oh boy okay here
3: we go
0: Reggie Miller
3: that initial Reggie steal and then streaking layup on the first possession of the game the Knicks uh, the Pacers mm-hmm. were up two nothing that to me I felt like kind of set the tone a little bit for you know just getting the crowd into it getting Reggie on the board early it's like okay mm-hmm. you know like. This is going to be a different game. This is going to be a different version of the Pacers. This is going to be an uphill battle for the Knicks here. There's there's a lot of momentum early on in Indiana's corner.
4: Yeah, and they're uh, they're full court pressing. Oh my god! Right up right off the bat, uh, very first Knicks possession, we get a we get a full court press. Um, Good, yeah, uh, Derek McKee scores early, which is a sign of trouble since he was completely silent right. through the first two games. Uh, so once he you know if he's going to get going uh you know that's that's going to that's going to create some problems right. um yeah uh, pacers jumped to an early 6 nothing lead first 2 minutes of the game and then i i have here chris in my notes there it is this is the sound the sound from my nightmares chris this is the sound oh god <laughs> yep it's a sound that i knew was coming but i i i thought you know i i, I hoped against hope that maybe You know, maybe it wasn't real. Maybe it was something that I hallucinated. Maybe it was an actual nightmare I had as a child that didn't exist in real life. Maybe, um, you know, maybe it was all a dream. But, But in fact, no, it was real, Chris. I am talking, of course, about the Market Square Arena race car sound effect. So
3: you remember these car sounds as a child?
4: Here's the thing. I remember them very clearly. I remember uh, constantly, constantly talking about them with my father, Kevin Craw, about how much we hated them, about how annoying they were, um, about how and like so. I remember like we had a we had a pretty big TV. Uh, my dad was like a like a kind of an audiophile um, back in the day. He had like a big record collection, so we had like a like a pretty sweet like surround sound uh, you know, like speaker system in our living room, um, in, uh, in Wilton, Connecticut in 1994, you know, pretty good audio setup. So you could really, uh, you know, watching this a, a sporting event on that TV was, was pretty great. Um, and I, I almost want to say, I'm not sure if it was just like a feature of, uh, of our, of our like surround sound speakers, or if it like, um, was, if it translated to, like, the actual arena, but I could swear that the race car sound effect actually traveled from, like, left to right speaker. Like, it almost, like, went around. I don't know if I'm just, like, totally, like, making this up, no, but I, I, like, in my head it was, like, like, the sound actually went in a circle like in the moved. arena. Yeah, yeah. Like, it went around, like, a, like a racetrack. Um, or maybe it was just, like, something that, like, an effect that I, like, kind of created in my head. Uh, through like actual like madness, like 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 a mental break um, that I had, where it just felt like it was going around and around in my ears. Uh, I'm not really sure about that. Um, what I am sure of is that I definitely remembered it, and it and it was one of the most infuriating uh, things to to ever experience. But Chris, <laughs> Chris, rewatching this game, it was so much worse than I actually remember I, I mean I don't know again maybe it was just like maybe it's just like a, a thing that's faded with time so maybe it did make me as angry as this you know as, as an 11 year old and I just kind of forgot it just faded with time but but man rewatching this game and hearing that sound it was so much more persistent and so much more infuriating than I really, I really had any idea it it, it could have been. Um, and uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to like kind of keep talking about it sort of throughout this, um, because that to me was the literally like the defining sort of feature, uh, like the, the the takeaway from this entire game was. The Market Square Arena race car sound effect. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, I noted it every time in, that that I heard it in my notes. Um, so um, just to be in, as annoying as possible, like I, I I feel like in order for me to, to like fully deal with this, um, because as as we all know, this is a therapy session for you and I. In order for me to work through these feelings, um, I'm gonna have to kind of. Um, Place some of the the burden of of this like onto our listeners and onto you, Chris. I apologize again in advance. Well, but I'm going to have to podcast, just keep
3: this podcast has always in part been about you know <laughs> healing you. Um, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> this podcast has always sort of been about you know healing you you had a you had a dark ages in your basketball fandom um mm-hmm. this is a game you loved and then you had to walk away then you've come back to the game recently in the last mm-hmm. few years and so it makes perfect sense that you know we will have to talk through some dark periods some dark moments in your childhood and your yeah your process as a fan so i
4: i am matt damon in people <laughs> hunting um 1000%. i, I I do believe that it's not my fault. It's not your but fault. Yeah, I'm gonna have to to talk about things a little bit here. Absolutely. Uh, to 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 get to that. You well, know, we that, want that you to exercise. Moment.
3: We want you to exercise those demons here, Ben, on the pod. Um, it's so interesting, man. Like this sound. I had a slightly different experience with the sound. I definitely. Remembered it a little bit, but, like, I'm really so fuzzy on the details of much of my sports Mm -hmm. childhood, you know, fandom that, like, I remember sort of iconic moments and plays, but you lose the specifics after however however many years. So what's been so great about watching these games is, like, they're... I, I might know who wins the series, but I largely have forgotten what happens on a game-to-game basis, so it's pretty mm-hmm. it's pretty fun, because I, I, I'm watching the game almost like it's brand new, um, sure. but with all the fun nostalgia of like, oh my god, I remember this, I remember that. So I remember the sound of the race cars a little bit. I didn't mm. know how angry it would make me, but it. what's funny is that, do you remember during the Bulls series... When um, when Scotty was on the line, they would chant "asshole, asshole," and mm-hmm. uh, I pointed it out to you on the podcast, and you're like, "Oh, is that what they were chanting?" I I wasn't. No, sh- that's uh, th- that was actually
4: to Reggie in oh, the that first was in the first couple games. Who is it? Yeah, yeah. Who
3: is it? Uh, I feel like there was some chant. I, I guess it was yeah, Reggie. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah when they it,
4: might have. I, they probably serenaded Scotty too. I think they might have just said Scotty, Scotty, or something mm, like mm, that.
3: Okay, so I when when they were chanting asshole, asshole at Reggie at Madison Square Garden, and mm-hmm. at first I pointed it out to you, and you were like, oh, is that what they were saying? I wasn't totally sure, and I was like, oh, absolutely, that's definitely what they were saying. In my notes mm-hmm. here with the race cars, the first time I heard it, I noted I was like, oh, is. is that a a race car? Am I hearing that correctly? And by the third or fourth time, I was like, yeah, those are definitely race cars. And I was going to see if you picked up on the same thing. But it seems like the race cars for you has a a much more seared uh, personal memory. It's not your fault.
4: Yeah, no, the race cars have been haunting my dreams um, literally since 1994. Unbelievable. Again, this is something that I suppressed uh, and and buried deep, deep down. Um, but uh, as part of the you know the, the therapeutic process the healing, here, the we process. we have to. Yeah. Yeah, we have to we have to face those demons. We have to reopen those old wounds. So uh, we are going to do that right here. Ben, we are um, looking on the race pod.
3: Car sounds squarely in the eye and saying, "Yes, we are." You, this you is not hurt me anymore. You can't hurt this me is... anymore, as Ben Affleck would say in his note that he would put in the fireplace during Surviving Christmas. I forgive you. You can't hurt me anymore. I forgive you.
4: Yeah. This is a this is full immersion therapy here, Chris. We are facing our phobias uh, in order to overcome them. So uh, so yeah, let's see. We're still early in the first here. Um, we've got about nine minutes left. Uh, it's eight to two, Indiana. Miller scores a tough layup yep. uh, in the open floor one on one break versus Starks. Knicks get the ball and we get more race car sounds, Chris. More race car sounds. Um, this is like not more than. A minute after the initial race car sound uh, happens, um, so it's sort of like I didn't, I like I, I remember the race car sounds, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, those were really annoying. I think they, you know, they they would kind of like sprinkle them in here and there, you know, maybe like during timeouts or something like that, or like maybe like you know every couple, you know, couple times a quarter, or like if there was like a really big possession. I did not remember how fucking heavily, heavily they leaned on these fucking race car sounds. Um, it's worse than you remember. So, Is that, that, that's what you're saying. So, so much worse. Wow. All right. Let's move on though. Okay. Um 20 minutes in, we've got our, our first ad break.
3: Dream Team 2, coming this summer on NBC. So we have Dream Team 2, mm-hmm. Reggie promoting Dream Team 2.
4: Reggie featured as the star of Dream Team 2. We have Very the cool. the to-
3: Ocean Spray Lemonade hockey commercial, which we've seen We before. love that one. We're familiar yep. with that guy. Covered that before. We have the Mazda truck towing an airplane. Is that correct? Mm-hmm
4: yep towing an airplane Uh, i wrote in my notes okay sure
3: okay i guess that's possible then we have the mazda 626
0: the mazda 626 is a beautiful car you know why because even with its six-cylinder engine it costs less than a four-cylinder camry le
3: that's beautiful. Ben, this costs less than a Toyota Camry LE that is Mazda correct. Yep. 626. We have a Pizza Hut commercial. Any medium specialty pizza is $7.99. Any second pizza is only five bucks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We have a Nike commercial in here. legend
2: has um, um Willis Reed came down to the Pro Rucker one day, right? And um, Willis Reed was, was posted on Helicopter Herm. Willis Reed got the ball. Did a drop step into the paint three, you know, the three seconds. Pumped on helicopter Herm. Helicopter Herm jumped up. Willis Reed was waiting for helicopter Herm to come back down, (laughs) so he could take his shot. Obviously, you know, a good pro move. You wait for the man to come down. You try to draw the foul. Helicopter Herm never came back then.
4: You know, just kind of like a cool, like uh, throwback to like you know, set, like uh, classic seventies, like kind of street ball or sixties street ball for that matter. Yeah, yeah, very, very, uh, very much enjoyed that uh, that Nike spot. All
3: right, back at Market Square Arena, Ben. Yeah, you know, it's crazy to me that three-time NBA champ Byron Scott was just cut from the Lakers. It's crazy to me that he was just yeah. cut and wound up on the Pacers. So we we see a shot of him
0: here. Team meeting that the Pacers had yesterday. As Spitz is with the hook shots, and Indiana leads 12-7. Rick
3: Smith drops a hook shot, 12-7. to Indy is up, about 640 mm-hmm. left in the first quarter. Charles Smith is playing well. He hits a pair of shots. And then he
4: throws a, a awesome out, uh, outlet pass. John Starks
0: behind the back to Charles
4: there's a fast break where uh where smith grabs the board and, and throws a huge outlet pass down to starks who kind of flips it behind his his head um to a to a wide open oakley great play by uh, really really created by the uh, the outlet pass by smith yep um so nicks are trailing at this point 14 to 11 i have in my notes matt gukis points out that Starks still not himself playing at about 65 percent, according to matt gukis uh, just doesn't have his legs under him. That's right. Um, which is really important to remember because yeah, he did not have a great series against uh, Chicago. Yeah, he's just Chicago. coming up, sh- coming up well. short
3: on a lot of these shots. It just seems like yeah, all
4: of his jumpers he's catching yeah. front rim. Yeah. that that missed dunk that we talked about in game. Right. I think that was game two, uh, where he just had no lift uh, on, on his jump. Um, so uh, yeah, thank you Matt Gukas for reminding us that Starks is really still playing uh, pretty injured, pretty banged up.
0: The key back in McKee is fouled by Charles Smith.
3: Derek McKee hits a pair of free throws, 16-11. Uh, Indy. That's right. Up three minutes yep. and change left in the quarter.
4: Yeah, and I have in my notes here uh, directly following those McKee free throws. Uh, more race cars, Chris. We have a We have more race car sound effects. Um, it is. We have. I mean, I don't know if there's a way to find like a clean find, audio. I'm gonna find a clean. Yeah, we should probably just like have the race car sound effect maybe going throughout this entire episode, um, just so that we can drive people as fully fucking like blinding red rage insane um, as as I uh, felt um, watching this game. Um, But uh, but yeah, moving on here. Uh, we've got. Uh, sorry, I'm trying, trying to calm myself down. Yeah,
3: no, no. We have Smith and Charles Smith getting tied up on a jump ball, and then we're gonna cut to commercial here, kicking kicking things off with the Ice House.
2: Hello from Plank Road, where our man Paul has gotten lots of calls and letters asking, is ice beer really beer frozen like ice? Nope. Paul says that would be beer on a stick, not an ice beer. Ice House is ice beer. Ice brewed so there's never any watered-down taste, just more of what you want in a beer. Ice brewed Ice House. It's not frozen, but you can sample a frosty cold one almost anywhere. Thanks, and enjoy. Ice,
3: ice beer by Ice House. Dan, what's, what, what do we have happening here? We have beer on a stick is not ice beer? Well, no,
4: no, no. We don't want beer on a stick, Chris. Beer on a stick is bad. Um, That's like a popsicle made of beer. Gotcha. Uh, no one wants that. Okay. Um, That's that's not going to be uh, enjoyable but but we do want our beer to be really cold. What's
3: fun about the beer on a stick is that the foam of the beer has also frozen. Did you notice that?
4: <laughs> right, sure, sure. We all know that you know that that that's it physics. Kind of looks foam like foam will freeze. Yeah, it
3: looks like one of those orange creamsicle pops that you would get. You mm-hmm. know what I mean?
4: Mm-hmm. But yeah, we don't want the beer on, the, on a stick. But we do want our beer to be ice cold, um, as cold as possible. Up to the point, uh, just before it becomes beer on a stick, uh, and an ice house beer will will provide that. It is uh, it is very cold, uh, as we all know. The colder the beer, the better it is. Um, sure. So this this beer is ice brewed, uh, which means that when it's brewed, it's there's ice, so it gets extra cold, and uh, and I would assume it just remains cold. It does the 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 beer never goes below a certain
3: temperature. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, so ice is sort of inherently part of the dna of the beer itself mm-hmm. okay great all right then we move on to a mazda millennia commercial again mm. mazda is waging a war here folks they are they are yeah. going right at our our friends from mitsubishi they're going right at the galant.
2: once in a blue moon something comes along that alters the status
0: quo In the new millennia, you'll find doors that swing on Teflon,
1: not grease. You'll find a unique steel spine that makes the cabin exceptionally
0: rigid. In fact, you'll find a luxury sedan that rivals Lexus and Mercedes. But because it's not sold in a luxury division, you'll find the millennia starting at just $26,000. The new millennia,
2: from Mazda.
3: Mazda comparing themselves to a luxury vehicle, comparing themselves to luxury vehicles like the Lexus, the Mercedes, and uh, they feel they belong in that sort of class. And I don't know, Ben. I'm I'm uh, I'm not there yet. I will say I'm, I'm not buying I'm not it. not sold. Frankly. Yeah. I mean I love I
4: love the new age music in this commercial. Yeah. You know, it's very soothing. It kind of puts me at ease, but Boy, when I take a look at that uh, that, that price tag. I mean, uh, it's
3: very hefty, man. It's very hefty. Yeah, not,
4: not so soothing and anymore. We talked
3: about all the features in the Glant in the last commercial between the dual cup holders, between the oscillating, um, you know, you know, the headrest, between the armrest mm-hmm. that lifts up. Power windows. Power windows, the trunk in the trunk. Um, I mean, oh, hard yeah, to yeah. beat that for for a very affordable price. Yeah, uh, Mazda still has a little bit of work to do on me. And then we, then we move on to a Domino's ad with... Artie Bucco from The Sopranos. Did you catch this? Good
0: night, sir. Ah, thin crust. Trader. it. You call Domino's?
2: They're crunchy, thin crust. How oh, I love it so. Crispy crust, the toppings are great. It's breaking my heart. It's all the rage. try
0: their slice. From Domino's? The only place it's made. And
2: look! Call for a large, two-topping, crunchy, thin-crust pizza now. Get a medium one-topping pizza free. Something for nothing when you call Domino's.
4: Yeah, the, that, the, the, the balding guy. That's I was Artie like, Bucco. What? He, oh, that's so funny. Because I literally wrote my notes, I was like, who is this guy? He's so familiar. I, I couldn't place him. Yeah. But of course. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah.
3: yes. That's Artie i um, so glad you were able to call that out for me because yeah. that was totally bugging me. And then, dude, after the Domino's commercial,
0: oh my God, Ben! From Touchstone Pictures critics everywhere are saluting Renaissance man. They're calling it very funny. You must have been toilet-trained at gunpoint. A hipper, sassier Dead poet Society. Two times. Penny Marshall's direction is superb. Watch the jewels. And Danny DeVito delivers. Wow. In the one summer movie that's being hailed a real crowd-pleaser.
2: Tell this mama, she's the queen. I did in the final scene.
0: Renaissance Man, rated PG-13. National Sneak Preview, Saturday, May 28th and Sunday, May 29th.
3: I remember loving the movie Renaissance Man. Renaissance Man. I honestly, I honestly, I honestly can't remember much about this movie other than that I loved it.
4: Yeah, I think I confuse it often with. Um, was it in the army now yes. was that the Pauly Shore movie yes yes, I th- yes yes I think I thought they were the same movie one of course with a Pauly Shore vehicle one a Danny DeVito vehicle
3: the army um, the army and war I will say was like ripe for comedy during the 90s oh you, like,
4: you throw some 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 funny some funny uh, uh, you know some some jokers in, into the army and it's just uh, it's such a you fine know, line man
3: because that's like that's a
4: slam dunk comedy yeah, right there you know you got your stripes yeah. you know you got your yeah
3: it, like it could be Predator or Rambo on one hand but it, it could also be like yeah like you said stripes it could also be renaissance man on the other hand a, dude a hipper sassier dead poet society
4: <laughs> I, I wrote the exact same thing oh my Quote a goodness. hipper sassier dead poet society that killed me i was like wow shots fired at dead poet society of all danny, movies
3: danny devito and penny marshall two fucking legends of comedy and cinema yeah. a real crowd pleaser quote unquote can't go wrong um, I love that and then we end here with uh, we get a commercial for Michael Jordan's golf tournament on NBC wow Ben mm-hmm. MJ just cannot a- leave MJ. the spotlight man yeah what is enjoying a little guy? golf
4: in his in his off time is it yeah. fair to
3: call this guy a bit of a narcissist we are just trying to enjoy the NBA playoffs he has retired uh, and he yeah t- Michael I thought you retired Michael, do you know what the word retire just means, leave Michael? the spotlight Michael if you to. To play basketball, you could have played basketball, but you chose to play golf. Now let us watch our basketball game. We're not looking for a yeah. NASCAR, we're not looking for golf, we're looking for basketball. Back at Market Square, Ben, Greg Anthony is checking into the game for the first time, um, and Byron Scott is on the line. It is seventeen to eleven. Indiana is up with about two minutes and ten seconds left in the mm-hmm. first. Quarter. Let's
4: see, I have here Knicks uh, with their eighth turnover after Rick Smith's intercepts an entry pass into Ewing. My goodness, um, thirty-five
3: minutes. I write, Ben. Is it am I, am I hearing something, or do you hear the race crowd sound effect over the PA system? Little did I know, Ben, that you have been absolutely tormented. <laughs> Uh, I'm right on top of that in my notes
4: here, Chris. I have more fucking race cars. Ah, going to make it stop. Please, please make it stop. My goodness. My goodness. And spoiler alert,
3: it would not stop. Uh, we have an Anthony Mason layup, 17-13. Indiana's up by four. with Hubert Davis, steal and a layup, Indiana. Yeah, Hubert,
4: Hubert Balling here in the first quarter. Mm. He's, he's really kind of the only bright spot for the Knicks. um... Uh, Ewing sits down. He's scoreless so far. He's over three, um, but you know it's still early, Chris. So yep. I'm sure I'm sure he'll uh, he'll get it together
3: quickly. Indiana has missed their last six shots at this point. Um, the score is 17 to 15. Indiana up by two with one minute left. Uh, Knicks making another late quarter run here. They haven't really played too well, Ben, but somehow you know Indiana is letting them hang around.
0: End of the third quarter in game two. second field goal. Indiana leads by four.
3: Dale Davis dunk, making it Mm -hmm. 19-15 with about 30 seconds left. Greg Anthony hits one of two from the line, making it
0: 19-16. Byron
3: Scott.
0: Pacers 21, Knicks 16.
3: Byron Scott gets off a screen, connects for the Pacers. 21-16, Indiana.
4: Yeah, hard, and, hard drive uh, inside by Byron. Very impressive play. Flips it in.
3: And then we have Hubert Davis with two seconds left. Time running
0: out. Davis for three. Yes. Hubert Davis from downtown. As time
4: yeah, 2.5 to go. Huge three. Nails a three. Hubert Davis. Um, clutch really really incredible that the Knicks trail by only 2 after what was a pretty ugly first quarter so they go into the second trailing 21 to 19.
3: Yeah, Knicks look real sloppy here. 8 turnovers? Is that is that eight what it turnovers, was eight, turnovers? 8
4: turnovers? 8 turnovers in the first quarter, Ewing is scoreless, Starks is scoreless. Maybe he has maybe Starks has one point on the line. I forget. Um, but yeah, he's been silent. Um really none of the Knicks starters outside of Charles Smith um had done anything in the quarter, but the bench kept a minute with Hubert uh, and Greg Anthony. Uh, and uh, yeah, Knicks
3: trailed by only two after a pretty bad first quarter. The Knicks have looked awful here. They're only trailing by two. I'm shocked that they're still in this, but here we go. All right, quarter two. Ahmad showing us oh, how the PA God. announcers play the Ahmad. race car sounds. Ben, this is your Ahmad. this is your house of horrors here.
2: Ahmad Rashad back at Market Square Arena here in Indianapolis. Now, while in most arenas all teams have a song, like in New York they have the Go New York, Go New York, Go. Well, here it's the sounds of the Indianapolis 500 that gets this crowd fired up. Watch this. See, wait, you push it in and then you push this.
4: So <laughs> Ahmad, stop it. Stop. Just stop, okay? I don't want to know how the fucking Indiana race car sound effect works, okay? I get it. You push a little tape into a thing, and then you push a button, and and the sound of the Indianapolis 500 plays on the arena fucking PA system. Uh, yeah, Ahmad pushes the button, and he says, look at that. They're getting fired up. I get a little fired up myself, too. You're not fired up. Stop. Just stop it.
3: Ben, is it possible that this whole sound system is basically just a tape deck? I mean, he just... It looks like a tape deck, he puts yeah. A tape he definitely deck pushes... and, it's and hits a tape. It's, it's, pla- it's a cassette tape. It's a cassette tape. It is a, tape, a cassette tape. I'm pretty tape sure, where he right? Presses play. Like it seems yeah. very basic. Like I, I yeah. everyone knows how to do that. amon,
4: Yeah, we can breeze through this quarter pretty quickly.
3: Any sort of major, major highlights? The game sort of is back and forth. It's basically a two point game for a while. Yeah, Knicks actually
4: t- take their right. first lead after after Hubert uh, hits uh, following an offensive rebound. Yeah, Hubert has to sit down after his get picks up his third foul. He's looking really frustrated by that because he was. Playing pretty well. I think he had seven points at that point.
0: Two minutes gone by in the second. Mark Albert, Matt Dupas, and Amad Rashad from Market Square Arena in Indianapolis. Anthony Mason drills the jump shot, and the Knicks lead by two. Mason
4: uh, drills a jumper to put the Knicks up 25 27, 9 30 to go. Right. Um, right. We get an ad break, Chris, an ad break.
1: What is it about Ford Taurus that makes it America's best selling car? Is it the number of ways it finds to protect you and your passengers? Its confident feel on the road? Or the fact that we improved it over 50 ways to make it the best Taurus ever? Whatever the reasons, you've made Ford Taurus the best-selling car in America. Again.
4: Of course, America's best-selling car again.
3: Available with anti-lock brakes, over fifty improvements in nineteen ninety-four alone. So they've made fifty upgrades on this vehicle, Ben. Uh, Seems no like small a lot. thing. Yeah. So um, you know, hey, I'm paying attention. It's got my eye, but. Um, you know they they have a steep hill to climb here, obviously up against the Gallant. So I mean, listen um, the,
4: to be fair, they're kind of in a different class. You know, if you're if you're looking for, for a Ford Taurus, you know, you're sort sure. of probably looking for something a little more, you know, economical, family friendly. Um, I think the no Galant is in for that, a, a slightly no no certainly no shame. Uh, you know, if yep. that's what you're looking for, you know, you should you should look for a Ford Taurus. But uh, I think if you're let's say a slightly more discerning uh, customer, you would, you would be, um, you know, maybe your eyes would be going towards more towards the gallant. Ladies and gentlemen,
1: they're back. Hello.
0: Castle Rock Entertainment is proud to present Billy Crystal, Daniel Stern, John Lawrence, Jack Powell, and Norm. City Slickers 2,
4: rated PG-13 at theaters June 10th. Ladies and gentlemen, they're back. City Slickers 2, uh, Billy Crystal, of course, Jack Palance. The Legend of I
3: Curly's Gold, yeah.
4: Yeah. I forgot that John Lovitz was in that film. Uh, he wasn't know, in the man. original, but, but, but they brought in a Lovitz for the sequel.
3: And then we have the uh, Braun Flex Control Razor. Ben, this mm-hmm. adjusts to the contours of your face, which is very exciting.
1: Braun Flex Control. The first electric shaver with a pivoting head. It automatically adjusts to every contour of your face. Flex Control from
0: Braun. Braun. The last word in shaver,
4: it also shaves letters apparently. Um, <laughs> I, I totally yes. remember that commercial where it's like shaving the letters, and then like at the very end of the commercial, it like takes the top off and like knocks all the little letters out like, like they're ha- yep. like faci- facial hairs. Yeah,
3: we're back at Market Square. Yeah. Anthony Mason is on the line, Ike. C- kind of stopped paying attention did he hit both free throws here to make it 29 25 is that possible
4: uh yep yeah he did yeah that's right yeah reggie miller's been sitting on the bench now for nine straight minutes um he only has two fouls but uh yeah again as as it happened in games one and two larry brown seemed to give him very long uh rests on the bench um I have here Miller finally checking back in. Um, oh, uh, I have my notes here. More race cars. Uh, this is not even after a made basket. Just random race car sound effects now. Please kill me. Feel free to just sprinkle those in liberally, Chris. Sure. Um, sure. It's a really fun. You know, it's a really fun little sound drop. Uh, it gets the crowd going. Obviously, it gets everyone hyped up. Um, but uh, yeah. So. Uh, I say we uh, I say we use that to our advantage. Um,
3: we have a Smith's jump hook here with about 7 minutes in change, 5345. Mm-hmm. Um Mason back on the line and then another commercial break here. Yeah, we get some fun uh, a Coca-Cola yes. ad with some kind of fun funky like African music. You know these guys, um, the world music Coca-Cola ad of course. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Penn, how about the Ford it, Windstar? I'd love to talk about the Ford Windstar. Do you remember this minivan? The
0: winds of change are blowing. Blowing away old ideas and bringing the
2: all-new Ford Windstar. A totally new minivan. Windstar's innovative design moved the wheels out, stretching the wheelbase, creating the most passenger and cargo room of all leading minivans. And with a quieter interior,
0: Windstar takes the minivan in a whole new direction. The all-new
2: front-wheel drive Ford Windstar. The future of minivans begins today.
3: Tons of cargo room, front wheel drive.
4: Not only do I remember it, I'm pretty sure that we had one when I was a kid. Oh, I, really? I, we definitely, yeah, we went through like like two or three minivans in my childhood. Yeah, we were definitely a minivan family. I, you know, with two sisters. Yeah, we had a, a pretty, um, you know, needed all that all that space. Um, and yeah, I want to say we had a we had a WinStar, and then we I think we we switched to like the last one when I was in high school it was like a Dodge. Mm. Um, I forget what the uh, what the Dodge minivan was called. I always felt but, like the uh, Dodge
3: van. It was always like a Ram or something. Like or was Ram like? No, a the Ram car? was the pickup
4: truck. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Was the Dodge Caravan? It might have been a Dodge Caravan. Sure. I don't know. I'll I'll have to to consult my my folks on that one. But um, yeah, then I love this weird Dick Uh, Vitale commercial. Dick
3: Vitale for Taco Bell, yeah.
0: I was speeding up Route 7 with seven seven seven-footers with severe appetite. So I suggested Taco Bell, seven-layer burritos, just 99 cents. But several sought something more substantial. Serendipity, baby! Now those same seven sensationally sumptuous layers are served with succulent chicken or sea. And beef, Sustenance City. They were so excited that the new chicken or beef seventh layer burritos indeed now had eight. That's just what they did. Eight what's the water, baby!
4: Driving a bus full of ball players to a taco bell. Mm-hmm. Lots of lots of color and and, uh, and animation there from, from Dickie V. And then and then, yeah. and then Chris a classic. Boy.
0: I'm from New York, and nobody plays basketball like they do here. It is Chicago ball to well, the sun. Well, I mean, they certainly don't pass like they do in New York. Here comes Golden State. Another great pass. That's the deliverer. Okay. But they definitely don't jam like they do in New York. Look out for Miami. All right. So that's the thing about the NBA. It's great everywhere. I love this game. All right. Well, let's talk about New York bagels.
2: Come on.
4: Uh, You must have been happy
3: to see this one. Beside myself, man. Beside myself. (laughs) (laughs) Richard Lewis. I love this game so right. i think we've talked about it previously this this ha- has already aired during the knicks uh bulls series but it's back again yeah. folks it's richard lewis talking about- we hadn't
4: seen it we hadn't seen it since game one of knicks bulls mm. but uh you know that we, i thought maybe that was just a, you know a, a one-time thrill but no we're back
3: richard lewis Oof, so good to have him back here man i love this game mm-hmm. he's got the bagel around the the circumference of his face uh, just yeah, the camp,
4: the camera work in that spot is is really just <laughs> phenomenal. Just all all over the place, yes. just going back and forth like uh like you're on a, a a you know boat on a party
3: uh, bus or something. Yeah. Very
4: very choppy waters, you know. Yeah, you know, slight, slightly nauseating, but um, <laughs> yes. but but great great effect. Back at the, in the game now. Anthony clangs a three. So Knicks are still up at this point. They're up six. Smiths hitting a short jumper to pull within one. Uh, we get an ad break here, Chris, mm. at 102.30. We check in with Bob
3: um, Costas. Is that it?
4: Uh, yep. This is coming up on the Prudential Halftime Report. Um, uh, not a lot going on. However, there's a, a Molson Ice
1: uh, uh, spot here. Hundreds of miles to the north and 30 degrees south of zero lies Canada.
0: Blasted by wind, buried by snow, and filled with ice. Molson Ice, ice brewed by North America's oldest brewery to be a few degrees colder, a few degrees bolder, yet smooth as ice. Molson Ice, from the land where
4: ice was born. So now we talked about Ice House uh, beer earlier, but, uh, but there was a, a, uh, another beer that was also extremely, extremely cold uh, back in 1994, and that was uh, Molson Ice. Um, which was actually made from, <clears throat> excuse me, the ice of Canada, uh, oh, that's as you right. know, Canada, our our neighbors to the north, a very very cold uh, nation, a lot of Literally, snow, a lot of ice up there.
3: Say they would just melt down a glacier into a beer bottle and then put some yeah, alcohol. Yeah, they would in just it. take
4: the they would take the ice from the mountains and just make uh make it into beer. So that's that's going to be a beer that's extremely extremely cold. Uh, Molson not sure ice if
3: it's... from the land where ice was born.
4: Yeah, ice was born in canada um, yeah did yeah rea- did not realize there was a birthplace yes for ice, but um, it originated yeah. in
3: canada and then it spread around the rest of the world to other to other countries and other areas but it began in canada yeah that's where it was makes been. sense yeah. makes sense all right so let's
4: see here i have moving on get more race cars chris uh 10530. more race cars uh ah, why 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 uh, 10620, Chris. More race cars. Uh-huh. Basically, just every time the Knicks have the ball now, we're hearing race cars. Okay? It's not like every few minutes. It's every Knicks possession. We're getting race cars. And now at this point, I I think I I, I like started to fully understand what was happening. I don't know if you noticed this, Chris. This pattern, if you will. The race cars would not play. When the Indiana Pacers had the ball, the race cars would only play when the Knicks had the ball. So So, I'm gonna, um, I'm just gonna leave that out there right now. We don't need to analyze that all. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of follow up on that later. But I just want to put that out there now as a little foreshadowing. Just keep that in the back of your mind. What does that mean?
3: I mean, I I, I don't mean any disrespect to anyone who served in the armed forces and certainly who was, like, a prisoner of war. But, Ben, isn't this literally a form of, like, torture that uh, they use with prisoners of war where they will, like, just put you in a cell and, like, play uh, like insanely terrible noises to try to drive people crazy. Like it, there's waterboarding of course, which was used in the, uh, in the most recent, um, Iraq conflict. But isn't this a form of like psychological torture that people employ?
4: Chris, I think you might be hitting on something. Um, (laughs) yes, it's, it's called sound torture and it is a type of psychological warfare used to break the will of prisoners using loud music or white noise. Yeah. Uh, we should we should we should move on, but yep. I I think that is a let's just put a pin. Um, in it. Yeah, yeah. Let's put let's put a pin in that and, and get back to it. But okay. I think you you might be onto something. All right. Uh, so let's see here we're getting to the half uh wait are we at halftime yet uh yeah we're not we can basically yeah there's just some ugly offense lots of turnovers Knicks have 12 turnovers indiana has 14 patrick somehow the Knicks are still up.
3: on the day at this point he's yeah 7. ewing
4: misses oh. yeah exactly ewing misses again down low he's o of 7 also o of 2 from the line uh starks finally swishes a three Knicks are up 36 39 Uh, With 24 seconds left in the half, Ewing bumps uh, Antonio Davis as he goes up down low, picks up his third foul. Didn't really seem like a big deal at the time, but remember that. Ewing (sighs) picks up his third with just 24 seconds left in the half. Very, very silly, uh, uh, you know, sort of needless uh, foul there. So, uh, all right, we'll skip to halftime. Knicks are somehow up in this game they're leading at the half 37 to 39 yes that is an actual actual halftime score 37 39
3: so we have uh derek mckee with 11 points reggie has three fouls in eight minutes the knicks have 12 turnovers but remarkably the pacers have 14 patrick is 0 for 7 with zero points but somehow ben zero points the knicks are are up to 39 to 37 and we are at the
4: half and you're thinking to yourself, okay, we've we have one half of basketball to play. You mm-hmm. know, Pat- Patrick's got to get it going. He's got to he's got to start start uh you know heating up a little bit. Uh, we've got one half to play to go up three zero in the series. No problem. Shouldn't be that hard. So we've got uh yeah we've got some halftime ads here. Oh, Nothing. Dude, what r- was-
3: what, I have a question. What was that show, yeah.
0: Roommates? Eric Stoltz and Randy Quaid, two men from different worlds, together face the greatest crisis of their lives. I owe you one. Roommates has the critics raving. A powerful, remarkable story, compelling and touching. A stellar performance from a talented cast, inspired by a true story. Roommates, NBC Monday.
3: What the hell, Roommates? Was... <laughs> okay, dude,
4: we. That was the one. Need... That was the one ad in this break where I was like, "Okay, I have to write this all in bold." What? I don't was... know if this was a movie roommates? or a show. Was this a was soap, soap it a show? Opera?
3: Was it a show? I have no idea. It might have
4: been a. It might have been an NBC TV movie. I feel like I don't know. Eric Stoltz, Randy Quaid, looks very powerful, very compelling. Very dramatic, um, roommates. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to do some more research about that one. But, yeah. uh, but, but definitely an effective ad spot for roommates. Then um, we have Doctor
3: J and Bill Walton joining Costas for the halftime show. Uh, very mm-hmm, interesting mm-hmm. to hear their thoughts, and then great to see those guys. Peter Vesey sits down for an interview with John Stockton. Vesey asks John Stockton about the comp with Danny Ainge. I I take it as
1: a compliment. I think that uh, what Danny's been able to accomplish in his career is, is phenomenal.
4: Yeah, are you a just a dirty, uh, unskilled white guy uh, who gets by on <laughs> on dirty play? Um, John Stockton, uh, you know, basically was like, "Hey, you know, Danny Ainge is a great player. I, I take that as a compliment." Um, right. But uh, yeah, that was actually a fun... I like John Stockton a lot. Um, yeah. Seems like a good guy. All right, we've got some more ads here. Um, oh, it was fun to see the, the Go New York, Go New York Go song in an actual advertisement. They
2: go New York, go.
0: for all the excitement of the New York Knicks right here on the Home of the Knicks for New York. Hey, go, New York, go, New York go. go, New York, go, New York, go! Go, New York, go, New
4: York, go! Quick little uh, network bumper for uh, News for New York. Oh, I know, uh, man. Home of, the, home of the Knicks, yeah. Um, I thought that was cool how much they uh, they really use that, that theme song. Um, oh, we've got our uh, national Jeep sale, Chris. Held over, held over, a coast-to-coast savings event at your Jeep Eagle dealer...
0: Now, Held Over, a coast-to-coast savings event. It's the national Jeep sale still on at your Jeep and Eagle dealer, where you can buy or lease Jeep Grand Cherokee Laredo at special savings. Get $300 cash back when
2: you buy or lease Jeep Wrangler. Or get special savings when you buy or lease Cherokee Sport with no charge air. So hurry in today, because while our vehicles know no limits, our
0: sales do. There's only one Jeep, and it's only at your Tri-State Jeep and Eagle dealers.
4: Very exciting stuff there. Um, we've got this bizarre Seinfeld commercial the with a
3: goldfish. Commercial, man.
0: Can I help you, sir? Yeah, I'm letting him pick out something for his birthday.
2: Come on, he's going to be 12. He wants the mermaid. Excellent choice. And how will you be paying for that? American Express. Yeah, any
3: thoughts on that? My thought on this is this guy hasn't aged at all. Like he still seems (laughs) exactly the same in 2020 as he did in 1994. Like, he literally seems like the exact same person. Nothing about his perspective or even his appearance really has changed for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. It was just bizarre to see how little has changed with Jerry Seinfeld.
4: Yeah, agreed. Rounding things out here, we've got our Toyota's Memorial Day weekend event, Toyota's Hot, Hot, Hot. It's Memorial Day
0: weekend! And you're are making this the hottest one on record they're making deals on Toyota's hottest cars
4: and trucks so we all remember and love that uh, that little uh, campaign using the, the hot 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 song um, oh and then I loved uh, coming back from the break um, we're back in Market Square Arena and they show last year's winner at the Indy
0: 500 Chris welcome back to Market Square Arena Indianapolis Knicks by two at the half Moments ago, Emerson for the last year's winner of the Indianapolis 500. Doing some sort of
4: stupid bullshit halftime show uh, in the middle of Market Square Arena. I don't know what he was doing. He was like racing around a fucking remote control car or I something know, like ben, that.
3: They're waving that this, checkered flag. It must be a oh racing God. contest of some sort. Oh, my God. Oh, my God.
4: <laughs> yeah. Reminder, uh, reminder to uh, to everyone. This is basketball. This is NBA basketball that we're watching. Not right. fucking NASCAR. Get the fuck NASCAR out of cars. here, you garbage person. Um, get off my television. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not not good. Oh, I love the Ahmad Rashad uh, interview with Larry Brown.
2: Ahmad Rashad with Coach Larry Brown. Ahmad- All right. Thanks a lot, Marv. Coach. One of the things you were really concerned with going into this game was. The effort that your team had the first two games—Are you happy with the effort today?
1: Yeah, I'm thrilled. But if you'd have told me we'd have held Patrick go for seven and be behind at halftime, I'd, I'd think you were crazy. But uh, <laughs> we're trying. We just—we're having a hard time scoring.
2: Tremendous defensive pressure so far in the halftime.
1: Yeah, I thought both teams, you know, really defended well. But uh, you know, we got to have Reggie in the game. Uh, we can't have him play eight minutes. Even if he doesn't score, he's a threat. But. Uh, we just got to invent ways to score.
2: All right. Good luck in the second half, thanks. Coach. All right. Thanks a lot. Back to you, Marv.
4: Extremely, extremely uh, disturbing. Larry Brown's uh, just whole uh, disposition in this interview. Very he quiet. Very creepy. L-
3: very quiet. And he keeps licking his lips, man. He seems mm. absolutely, he seems starved for blood, for human flesh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's very concerning. I I would yeah. not feel safe if I was Felicia Rashad watching her husband speak to Larry Brown. I would be like, "Get my husband out of there. He is not safe. Get him away. Get from him out creep. of there as soon as possible." Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I uh yeah. I also noted that um the suit that Larry Brown is wearing just looks way way too big for him. Too big. Uh, almost yeah. almost like he is a little boy wearing yes. a suit
3: and and like grown up glasses. It's um, almost and- as if he's wearing the suit and glasses of one of his victims. Like, he has eaten a person <laughs> <laughs> and went into their closet and was like, eh, this suit is kind of big. Like, why don't I know. I, why don't I, I know, know what this? I'll do. Yeah.
4: yeah. Yeah. I know how I'll, I'll disguise myself and blend back into normal society. I'll Very put on this normal Larry. human man's suit and glasses.
3: So weird. So mm-hmm. weird. All right. Then mm-hmm. we have another commercial break here, Ben. Um, we have commercials yeah. for the Camry, which has a yeah,
4: huge wall of awards and and, uh, and and accomplishments for the Toyota Camry.
3: This Camry has dual airbags, is a V6 engine.
4: Yeah, and also I, w- I wasn't sure about this, but it sounded a little bit like uh, Martin Sheen narrating that that uh, oh. Toyota Camry
1: commercial. If you were to take every article, every review, every honor. Every award, everything positive people have had to say about the Toyota Camry and put it on a wall, you'd need a very big wall. And now there's the new 1994 Toyota Camry with dual airbags, a new V6, and built in America. Imagine the wall we're going to need for that.
4: I don't know if you can confirm that, but the voice there, I was like, wait a second, is that... No, it couldn't be. I will have to put it know, back. C-
3: I didn't. Oh, wow, yeah, ha- I didn't realize that.
4: Haven't been able to confirm that. Um, but uh, but yeah, kind of struck me. Something in this
3: Something in this Pennzoil commercial that I loved. Mm-hmm. So they tell mm-hmm. us that it works like liquid ball bearings. That the, liquid ball bearings. Yeah, basically, it, lo- it works like liquid ball bearings. It cleans the gaskets and the various engine components while while it's you know what once you pour this liquid into the uh, the engine. And one mm-hmm. of the guys on the commercials
2: like Enzoil says it works like liquid ball bearings, and if they say it, I'll believe it.
3: They say it works like liquid ball <laughs> yeah. bearings, and that's good enough for me. And yeah. I'm like, Wait, what?
5: <laughs> he literally
4: is just like, yeah, I don't fucking know. They, that's what they said. So I guess I'll believe him. He think,
3: he's like, yeah, they. uh... They say it's uh, like liquid ball bearings, so that's good enough for me. I'm like, all right, yeah. yeah, then I guess it's good enough for me too.
4: Bang, put them in the commercial.
3: The gist <laughs> of that commercial is if you're not good at cars and they tell you that this is what it does, then yeah, then you should just believe them.
4: Yeah, I mean, I hear liquid ball bearings and I'm like, yeah, I don't know what that means. but sign me up. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah,
3: we have a Pizza Sounds Hut commercial. Good. We see Paul Reiser and Helen Hunt on the couch. Oh
4: man, I loved, I loved seeing yeah. seeing Helen and Paul just Brings you know back, just man. just just lounging on each other, of course, just BSing. Our friends from uh, that about
2: you. Yep. You know how much this guy makes a year? Like Millions. Yeah, but he's a great ball player. See, right there, he touched his head with a towel. That that was fourteen hundred dollars. Well, he deserves it. You know how many times I touch my head with a towel any given day? Several. Right, and what do I get? Nothing.
0: Just doesn't seem right. I know. You don't care. Man about you Thursdays on NBC.
4: This is what marriage is all about. Um, you know, trust me, Chris is a married person. I can tell you. Yeah, uh, you're just spending all your time just sitting on that couch, yep. just making jokes just making little jokes, little Wise chatter tracks. to each other. Yeah, it's really what it's all about. Fantastic. And the, uh, the, very... the
3: idea here was that they were watching uh, the basketball game with us, Ben. I think, right? And wasn't it? Paul right. Reiser was like complaining, like, I can't believe they pay this guy so much money. Just keeps his hands on his head. Can you believe it? Just like we would do, you know, at home without yeah. wives yeah, no. and partners. Yeah. yeah,
4: it was a really, really uh, kind of cutting observation uh, mm. from, from Paul. Um, yes. Yeah. No. Great. Great observational humor there.
3: All right, back at Market Square, we are getting ready to begin the third quarter. Thirty-nine to thirty-seven, mm-hmm. the Knicks are up by two. Um, we see some of the, yeah. the 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 leading scores of the game. Charles Smith and Anthony Mason leading the way with eight points apiece. Um, uh, you know, obviously not much from Patrick. And then on the Indiana side, Derek McKee leading the way along with Byron Scott. Uh, 11 points from McKee, Byron with
4: seven. That's right, Chris. The third quarter begins with more race car sound effects. Please, please, please make it stop. Please, I I will do anything at this point to make to make this sound stop. Uh, but but I can't, I can't, I can't make it stop. It won't stop. Um, After
3: a Charles Oakley put back maybe what thirty seconds, a minute into the quarter, Patrick Ewing picks up a quick yeah, fourth foul. Yeah. Man.
4: So remember that third foul he picked up right before halftime. Jeez. So this is a bullshit call. It's a loose ball foul on Ewing. He's trying to tip a, an offensive rebound. He's like. Not even really touching derek McKee, but they they call him for uh, for over the back, barely fucking touching mcKee um so he picks up his fourth he's not happy about it he's uh you know the the crowd is reacting uh Ewing clearly yells bullshit at them as he uh you know sort of waves his, his hands away at them um so ewing out uh you know not even a minute into the quarter as you said um. Really, really just brutal. Oh, and then, so the next note I have, and I mark this as an important one, Chris. Yep. Haywood Workman is at the free throw line. Haywood
0: Workman, originally a second round draft pick of the Atlanta Hawks in 1989. And
4: he hits the first free throw. And in response to that, the Market Square Arena, uh, I, I would assume the same man who is responsible for the race car sound effects, plays a woody woodpecker laughing sound effect
3: did you catch that what okay yeah i need to one... I, I need to hear this for myself six games with Atlanta to Washington. yep one thousand percent that's what it is <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> like, like what what
4: what are they doing like what is this like nightmare fun house they have created in market square arena like what the fuck like this isn't like it's a house you would of think horrors, that they would man. play that it is a full-on house of of horrors of psychological torture yep you would think that that's the sound that you would play like when an opponent like misses a free throw and you would play that sound to troll them yeah yeah but no they're doing it for a made free throw by the home team it just doesn't make any sense. An it's completely man. upside down and backwards, and it is like driving me into the mouth of madness at this point. Like I just can't, I can't deal. I cannot cope with this bullshit. Yeah. Um And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm just like I'm trying with, uh, with uh, you know every ounce of my mental fortitude here to just hang on and, and gut this one out. Um. So uh, yeah, I would let's say, see. Moving I would on say here.
3: What the race cars are for you in this game? Derek Harper at the foul line is oh, is, God. is my version of the race cars.
0: And Derek Harper has yet to score. Derek coming off the impressive game 2, 18 points, 8 assists, 6 rebounds.
3: God, Derek Harper at the line is just Awful man. He goes oh for two. There is 10 20 He doesn't just miss.
4: It's a clang. It's yep. it's also something about like the the rims in Market Square were like just loose enough that when they missed, it was like a, like a reverberation, like a yeah. like a fucking like death rattle, like a clang.
3: Yep. Um,
4: yep. 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 And it seems like Harper clanged it on his first one, and then created an even louder clang on his second free throw yep. attempt. Um, yeah, let's just say that that was not helping my emotional state at that point.
3: No, the Knicks failure to make foul shots throughout the course of the game, specifically the second half became by the fourth quarter, was just comical. It was like, yeah, it th- really was. I yeah. think like, you know, Starks kept missing foul shots. It's like, we all know that none of these are going down. So who's kidding? You? Yeah. Like we could just, yeah. we might as well just throw the ball into the crowd. Uh, cause it's, yeah. it's just not going in the rim. Just like, just like football pass it off the backboard. Yep. yep, yep, yep. Yep. All right. Let's march as quickly as possible here towards the fourth quarter. Any sort of major plays that you want to highlight here, Ben, just call them out. Reggie Miller starting to heat, heat up. He Reggie hits a foot on the line three that only counts for two points. 48 to 44. Indy is up at this point. Reggie and Stark's
4: going oh, back No, I think right forth. before that, sorry, just real quick, uh, I wanted to know yeah. that Knicks have the ball and uh, and we get more race cars, Chris, more mm-hmm. race cars.
3: And at this point, yeah. also, we have uh, Derek Harper Taking a big elbow to the head and mouth area from Rick Smiths. Yeah, and that's right. Harper just is is comically He's back not happy in the line. Comically bad from the line. At this point, he is 0 for oh, eight yeah. on the series. <laughs>
4: oh yeah. for eight. I literally, I literally wrote a large ha 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 in my notes. I see hard clangs, another free throw. Uh, yeah, 0 for three on the game. 0 for eight on the series. How do you do that? That is man? like. I mean, that that is like like Shaquille O'Neal. I'm not yeah. sure missed like eight free throws in a row. And Mark uh, in, says in his it career. at this
3: point, like he's like Riley is going to have to think about like whether he can keep this guy on the court because he's such a liability from the line. It's yeah. becoming a major problem. Like
4: we, they might not be able to play him in the fourth quarter because yeah. he can't hit, hit free throws. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, Miller hits a foot on the line too, yep. uh, so it's 48-44. At which point we get more race cars, Chris. Uh, more race car sound effects Um, this is with about 5.30 to go here in the third I am just shuddering violently in my chair um, at this point Uh, let's see we get Miller uh, picking up his fourth foul so he goes back to the bench Uh, Marv notes been kind of a strange game Uh, yeah yeah, Marv uh, if by strange you mean an actual living nightmare uh, for me um Let's see. Let's see. Uh, Harper's getting looked at on the bench, following that hard foul. He's he's been bloodied uh, from the mouth. That's Um, right. Starks clangs another free throw, um, but hits the second. Let's see. Starks fouled again by Dale Davis.
3: Uh, Hard Mm -hmm. foul at the Mm -hmm. rim. Starks goes zero for two from the line. Indy is now eleven on an eleven four run since Patrick's fourth foul. Um, and, you know, it just feels like the Knicks can't buy a bucket. They just, like, literally yeah. cannot throw a ball into the ocean if they try. Mm-hmm, There's mm-hmm. a pretty— So, wait,
4: yeah, this was the—yeah, yeah, you mentioned, yeah, the Dale Davis foul. Yep. And then uh, Starks proceeds to clank um, a, another two free throws. Yep. yep. Two in a row. Yep, yep, 0 for 2. Um, yeah, difficult, difficult to watch at this point.
3: Yep. Oakley and Byron Scott have a big-time
0: collision in the paint. Patrick Ewing's fourth foul. A lot of whistles here And the third quarter that is number four on oakland and byron scott is shaking up mm-hmm.
3: scott is driving to the hoop and he looks banged up pretty bad we take a commercial break and when we come back they reveal that he has like a badly bruised lower back
4: yeah, he's got to go to the locker room. Do
3: you want to talk about some of these commercials real quick? So we had Muggsy Bogues for Sprite. We hear uh, height is nothing, thirst is everything.
4: Yeah, love the Muggsy commercial. Of course, we talked about Muggsy before. Quite the pitch man. Sure. Um, just, just delightful. Um, yeah, Muggsy's able to... It's a Muggsy versus Goliath uh, scenario on the on the basketball court. Muggsy is able to jump over Goliath and
1: do a double flip dunk. <laughs> At the time, Muggsy, a man of small stature, was to battle the giant named Goliath. (laughs) Armed only with an incredible thirst to prove himself, Muggsy, fleet of foot, did circle and confuse Goliath, and thus slew the mighty giant. All the people celebrated sprite flowed freely thus it was written
0: height is nothing thirst is everything obey
1: your thirst uh,
4: very impressive from five foot three inch very mugsy impressive. yeah we've got uh, let's see we get a, little, a quick schick commercial mm-hmm. a quick toyota 4x4 um this this blown away, blown uh, away. tv spot <laughs>
0: Friday, July. Were you
4: familiar with this film? Uh, yeah. I don't know if I remember Blown Away. Yeah, um, I
3: definitely saw it when I was a kid. I'm I'm almost certain I saw it at Joey D'Angelo's house. Yeah.
4: Wow. Yeah. Looks looks very intense. Very yeah. cool. I'm sure that was like a fun one to watch as a kid. Like you know, yeah. rated R. As long um, if there were
3: explosions and fires, I was in. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, cool. There's I'll the army. Com- the army commercial. Uh, you, you can join the army, get sponsored by the GI Bill, climb some cliffs. If you yep, think army, that looks fun. be all you can be. Right. And then we are mm-hmm. back at Market Square. Byron Scott goes 0 for 2 from the line. The score is now yep. 50 to 45. Indy up by 5 points.
0: Yeah, has it
3: up. Hollywood Workman hits a jumper, about 3 minutes, 41 seconds left. Uh, Dale Davis follows up and Antonio Davis miss, 54-47. Mm-hmm. Under 3 minutes to go now. Um, oh, and at this point,
4: uh, Chris, we get uh, race cars, race car sound effects. Um, I, uh, I, cannot, I cannot believe that these race cars are actually more... Like persistent and and, and omnipresent, um, than, than I remember them. Um, it is the it is literally the sound of me losing my mind um, and losing my will to, to go on. Yep. Um, it's it's it is a. I mean, at this point, I am being
3: tortured. It is a a battle uh, for survival uh, for, for me. Starks is fouled. Uh, Starks got fouled a bunch here towards the end of the quarter. Um, yeah. He is on the line, hits a pair, I believe.
4: He actually hits both. I, I wrote, wow, he hit two free throws in a row.
3: Yep. Yep, he hits a pair. Um, Hayward Workman on the other end answers 56 49. India's race up. Race cars, race cars right after that. Two minutes left. Um, starts, Out again. At this point, he is 4 for 8 from the line. His score is 56 mm. 50, 210 left. LaSalle Thompson gets in. Makes yeah. his first field goal of the game. First big
4: game. response from the crowd for LaSalle. Yeah, 58-50.
3: Um,
4: yeah, this is now Indiana's biggest lead at that point, 58-50. Uh,
3: starts um, back on the line. Back on the line again. Yeah.
4: Yeah, Foul by Vern Fleming. Um, a lot of fouls. A lot of fouls in this game, it yep. turns out. Yeah.
0: Workman. I shot up for the key.
3: The key with a big slam in the final seconds of the third quarter, and the score is 62 to 52. Indiana is suddenly up by 10 points, and we are headed to the fourth
4: quarter. Sorry, just before the conclusion of the quarter, Chris. At uh, the score is 60-52 with 40 seconds left, and I, I have race cars, race cars in my notes. Um, <laughs> okay. More race cars. Yeah. I'll uh, take I just that. that. To yep. Point
3: that out. At the commercial break here, we have. Uh, Toyota
2: T-100, which is a pickup truck. Besides being an educator, Jim Elkins is a collector of antiques and an occasional Montana trout. Having owned a dozen Toyota cars, Jim naturally made the T-100 his first Toyota truck. Your typical big truck owner? No. But then the T-100 is not your typical truck. Observe the Detroit Free Press. The cabin reminds one of the Toyota Camry in equipment and comfort. The Toyota T100 puts you in a whole new class.
4: Guy fly fishing in the countryside. Looks very, very soothing and lovely.
3: fishing in kinda,
4: a. Kind of wish I was there at this point. Yep.
3: Kind of guy, guy fishing in a river in Montana. Uh, puts you in a whole new class, the Toyota T100. Uh, we have an ad for McDonald's. Arid antiperspirant. Do you remember that deodorant? When she gets close, it's no time to get in a sweat.
2: The protection you need is clear. New Clear Arid. The new anti-perspirant, so clear, it's invisible.
1: Yeah, I trust Arid.
2: Get a little closer with New Clear Arid, solid and gel.
4: Oh, Chris, yeah. When she gets close, it's no time to get in a sweat. <laughs>
2: That's, right. That's
4: right. I'm sure I don't need to tell you that, but uh, yeah, yeah. fun Arid commercial. John Goodman um, as
3: Fred Flintstone in an I Love This Game man, uh, commercial. They
4: were really, really pushing the uh, the Flintstones uh, tie-in, yeah. you know, like promos between the the Rock Donalds uh, McRib uh, promo and and then yeah, I didn't realize that there was also an I love this game Flintstones tie-in. But, yeah, yeah, they were boy, they were hammering on that on that Flintstone stuff uh, back in '94.
3: And then we have Sally Field in an SNL preview. She's going to be hosting SNL.
0: Sally Field on Saturday Night Live. I love her.
3: Yeah, Julia Sweeney's Pat uh, announcing
4: uh, the news, saying Sally Field on Saturday Night Live. I love her. Um, fun <laughs> to see Pat uh, again. Yep. big big fan. Big fan of Pat. The
3: Mazda six two six bumper to bumper warranty. Uh, One ninety nine a month. A thousand dollars down. Uh, for your consideration, folks, the Mazda six two six. Then we get another city slickers to ad, um, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. how about the young looking old school Spike Lee with a Let's Go Knicks for the for the uh, NBC for New York. Let's go Knicks for New York.
4: Yeah, did you catch that.
3: Yeah, very very cool. I did catch that
4: and I made note of it because this was, uh, to my uh, knowledge, the first um, really like mention of Spike at any point. Uh, and of course, this is a little bit of foreshadowing, uh, as he will uh, be playing a role later in the series. But um, oh I don't really remember his name being mentioned or like him. Like, uh, you know, I feel like these days, you know, every single Knicks right. game, sort they show Spike Lee. Synonymous, um, right. But, you know, even when they were showing like Celebrity Row with like, you know, Woody and soon and and Maury Povich, um, they didn't really show that much of Spike um, on these on these broadcasts so far. So like, yeah, just seeing him there, I was like, oh yeah, Spike Lee, all right. It's funny, um, man.
3: I saw Spike Lee more in these games just as a rabid fan. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I definitely noticed him in the Bulls games and in mm-hmm. the first couple just of Pacers in, yeah. games, just as, in like, that first row. the fan in the first row that was on his feet screaming and pointing and had, like, the hat on. I was like, oh, that's definitely Spike Lee. I recognize his goatee. I recognize his glasses and hat and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I feel like you're right. This is the first time that we sort of see him acknowledged as, like, a celebrity fan in a... Commercial
0: right. Show. This copyrighted telecast of the National Basketball Association may not be retransmitted, reproduced, or rebroadcast Without the express written consent of the NBA. Well, one of our ace cameramen, Eric Eisenstein, playing with his toy cars, Matt. In fact, I'm told, stole them from his ten-year-old son.
4: We get a fun little shot here. Of oh, some, uh, some, some toy race cars. What are those? Some, race toy, some toy race cars on top of, uh, of one of NBC's video cameras. Cool. Because a uh, little reminder for you, we are in Indianapolis, Indiana, uh, which is the home, Chris, of the Indy 500. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very big, uh, okay. big event in the world of NASCAR uh, stock car racing. Um, so, yeah, NBC just wanted to remind us uh, of, of, that, uh, of that little bit of trivia here. We get toy, ro- toy race cars on top of the NBC camera. Um, and at this point, I am um, looking around the room for something that I can throw in my computer. Um, because I am, uh, I am just just in a world of
5: pain.
0: And Reggie Miller just picked up his fifth.
2: And he has the look on his face of, why did I bother getting out of bed today? He has just not been able to get anything done as far as any kind of rhythm. Uh,
3: meanwhile, Patrick Ewing is 0 for 8 anthony mason a loose ball foul nothing is going right for the knicks
4: yeah just to cut in real quick uh just prior to reggie picking up his fifth foul um we heard a race car sound effect in the arena great
3: uh it's yep. been noted it's dropped in um, great Lester Conner? Who is this, Ben? Lester Connor.
4: Yeah, Lester Connor. He's a jumper. Um, He's a 65 52. Yeah, he hits a, he hits a nice little off-the-dribble jumper. Uh, yeah, Lester Connor Did not remember that name. Yeah. But, uh, you yeah, know, he was in with, with Reggie on the bench in foul trouble, and I guess Byron Scott is still uh, uh, back. Uh, although, no, yeah, he came back to check in for Reggie. So Byron's return from the locker room following his hard fall. Uh, but yeah Lester Connor makes a jumper Um, 65-52 it's a 13 point Indiana Pacer lead and I have my notes here Chris race cars and then more race cars
5: Mm,
3: mm, mm. Um, 65-53 about 10 minutes left in the 4th uh, Patrick has just been awful, Ben. He is over nine at this point. Ten minutes left Ooh. in the quarter. Uh, Derek Harper. Oh yeah, that ninth, that
4: ninth shot. Yep. He like just like kind of throws the ball toward the hoop. It like bangs off the backboard without even catching rim. It was just like I was like, was that a pass or a, sh- a shot? Yep. It was uh, difficult to observe.
3: Yeah, Derek Harper rejected by one of the Davis brothers. I couldn't even tell you which one. Yeah, it was Antonio. Um, timeout next, about two twenty-one twenty. time 20. Timeout next, sixty-five fifty-three, nine forty left in the fourth.
0: Jeep Grand Cherokee Limited. With an
1: available 220-horsepower V8 and standard driver's side airbag, the vehicle gives you so much latitude
4: driving driving all across the globe actually lots of lots of different uh Terrain. you know sort of around the world settings there oh, um yeah just driving yeah, diff- the
3: jungle look at that that's very mm-hmm. cool very cool
4: so much so much latitude which is a little play on words I because uh, you know latitude meaning you
3: know uh on, on like a map you know gotcha Um, We we have Johnny Bench for Krylon spray paints.
2: This bench gets a professional finish with Krylon spray
0: paint. No runs, no drips, no errors. Dries to the touch in minutes. The other brand's still tacky. Whoa, what a game. Good game, Mr. Euchre. He's a lot tougher than he looks. For a fast, smooth, professional finish, get Krylon.
4: Johnny Bench rubbing an actual bench. Gotta love
3: that. Very clever. And then, Ben, how about the unlikely NASDAQ stock market ad Uh, they do a fluff piece commercial on Bill Gates being a computer
0: genius. It is said he is to computer software what Thomas Edison is to the light bulb. The software Bill Gates developed runs two thirds of the computers in the world. And on the day he turned 36, his company, Microsoft, was bigger than Xerox, Kodak, and McDonald's. Where in today's world do you find companies capable of such astonishing growth? Actually, there's a list of them printed every day. NASDAQ, the stock market for the next hundred years. I'm
4: thinking to myself, oh, this is a cool Microsoft yeah, ad. Yeah, looks like
3: nope. Microsoft nope. is doing Wasn't a little, little PR campaign or something for, for Bill Gates. It's not a Microsoft ad. This is a NASDAQ no. stock market commercial ad.
4: Yeah, it's a NASDAQ ad, uh, the stock market for the next hundred years, whatever the fuck
3: that means. And then probably my favorite commercial or maybe my favorite commercial of this... Uh, of this game is these uh, these monsters drinking Miller Lite yeah Um, the Godzilla monsters yeah Yeah. walking around the city
0: this is the place told them you were living downtown
2: driving all the old men crazy there they
0: are
1: cold filtered Miller genuine breath the cold one I so get out of the and get into the cold These
3: guys are absolutely humongous, and uh, mm-hmm. unclear what exactly it is that they're doing. I guess they just kind of yeah, they're hang
4: out. they're like hundred foot like Godzilla type monsters. Yeah, but they're also like maybe like looking to party. Um, <laughs> exactly. Like they kind of seem like they're like ogling these like hot babes in the swimming pool. Right. Uh, and then they're grabbing, uh, yeah, Miller Genuine Draft uh, trucks because they're so big they have to take the entire truck, uh, open up the back, and, and Just chug crack it the open. contents. Yeah. Chug yeah. a
3: truck full of beer. Yeah, yep. And then yeah, we come back cool. with a flashback, a Miller Genuine uh, Draft flashback moment.
0: Miller Genuine Draft presents Genuine Moments.
2: The second pick in the 1985 NBA draft.
0: Well, off the scene nine years ago, Dave DeBuscher's reaction as the New York Knicks were awarded the first pick. And the 1985 draft, very youthful NBA commissioner David Stern, second pick went to the uh, Indiana Pacers. And here's how the first five picks went. Patrick Ewing, Wayman Tisdale taken by Indiana, Benoit Benjamin, the ex-man, Xavier McDaniel, and John Concast. How the, uh, the history of the NBA was dramatically changed by, by that draft.
3: New York Knicks getting the number one overall pick. Uh, in the draft lottery, they get the number one overall pick, which, of course, they would use on Patrick Ewing. And who, Ben, was the team that wound up getting the number two pick?
4: Yeah, a fun little bit of a backstory that I had forgotten. The number two pick in that 85 draft was the Indiana Pacers. Yep. and They could have gotten, they could have landed number one. Can you imagine a Patrick Ewing in Indiana? Um, wild. But no, instead, instead, Indiana settled for number two pick,
3: wayman tisdale (laughs) wow man wow number three benoit benjamin go went to the clippers and number four overall your guy ben the x-man Xavier mcdonald to your friend and mine x-man
4: to seattle the seattle
3: supersonics a uh, very, very fun
4: little piece of trivia. At this point, Knicks have made one field goal in the last 11 minutes. Uh, Marv Albert remarks, quote, This is not exactly pretty basketball. Cannot disagree, Marv. Uh, yeah, so the Knicks scored 13 points in the entire third quarter. Uh, they were outscored by 12 um, by Indiana, so it was a 25-13 to 13 quarter. And after that, just atrocious performance. They have opened the fourth quarter uh, uh 0 of 5 0 of 5 from the field. Yeah. Let's see here. we got a wide open three by Hubert Davis that barely catches front rim. Disgusting.
0: Derek McKee has not had any trouble here this afternoon.
4: Derek McKee is swishing a foot on the line, two to make it 67-53 with 8-10. Remaining with 7:55 to go, John Starks finally, finally connects.
0: Starks, that's a 2 quarter. Starks stepping on the line. I think
4: that might have been the first field goal of the period uh, for the Knicks. And of course, it was what else? A foot on the line two. Ah. Um, so trading foot on the line twos here. Ten point game after Derek Harper picks the pocket yep. of uh, Byron Scott. Right. Oh, and then a pretty dramatic moment here.
0: Workman and a foul on his ball. That's, well, that's about as close to a face guarding as we can get. But they, they don't. It's John Starks, very
4: upset. John Starks. Um, kind of barking at the ref and then oakley oakley trying to restrain him puts hands on john which he takes a quite a bit of exception to stark's not happy with oakley slaps him away violently almost almost seems to like like raise a fist yeah he almost took a
3: swing at him i would say
4: yeah yeah it was uh it was an intense very intense moment Oakley, uh, Starks pushes Oakley away uh, and proceeds to like get up in the face of the ref um, after a call that he didn't like. Yeah, Knicks are falling apart at the seams mm-hmm. a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, yeah, the the broadcast remarks that uh, Ewing's season low up to that point was uh, was seven points versus the Dallas Mavericks, and uh, thus far in this game he has zero. Zero points. Oh, so I love the after the Starks Oakley blow up. Um, some really some really nice broadcast work here by NBC and Marv Albert, where, um, like, seconds after that moment happens, uh, Marv cues uh, up the um, a perfectly relevant quote by Pat Riley.
1: There's not any, any kind of disunity on this team at all. We have a very emotional team. Uh, you know, if somebody's not blocking out, if somebody's not getting on the floor for a loose ball, if somebody's blowing an assignment or missing an open man, uh, their form of communication can be better. I mean, there's a message, there's a tone of voice, and then there's also body language. I'm trying to get through to them how to communicate a little bit better, but uh, uh, that's the way we are.
0: Pat, understating, being very diplomatic, the form of communication could be a little bit better. Well put.
4: It was a pretty regular occurrence that they would like go at each other yeah. uh, on the court. And uh, and um, they play a clip of Riley like talking about like the encore bickering, and you know Riley's like sort of like diplomatic about how he was like, yeah, you know, that's sort of how we communicate. We've got to do a better job at that. Blah blah blah. Getting back to the game here, Workman hits a couple free throws. I have 69, 57. Pacers, uh, race cars, race car sound effects at this point. Um, Starks coughs it up. Rick Smith swishes a 20-footer, which he just knew he was going to make. Uh, everything is clicking for Indiana. Everything's falling apart for New York. Time out with about six thirty to go, yeah. and we've got some ads here. Well, we get a re- we get a replay here, Chris, yeah. of that um, cyborg. fantastic, the cyborg. Yeah, so, yeah, the futuristic cyborg uh, ice draft uh, commercial. Yep. Um, we're probably running a little short on time, so we don't need to get into it. Um, but let's just say I I did a full uh, reanalysis of this commercial. <laughs> And um, I would just uh, encourage everyone. Maybe we can. uh, It's the ice draft and post it.
3: Yeah, it's the ice draft from Budweiser. Uh, It's you'll know it when you see it. It's clearly Mm. in the future, and there are cyborgs, and uh, they're playing pool. It's unmistakable. Um, Oh wait, your theory is that
4: these are not actual humans they're cyborgs like the the people
3: no 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 they're uh i'm just using the word cyborg uh loosely uh no they're definitely human beings but we are in the future (laughs) where there are cyborgs so uh, oh sure sure there's cyborgs like in the background off screen exactly exactly um all right back at market square uh patrick (laughs) now on the line marv says quote
0: well with 639 remaining in the second half the knicks with an embarrassingly low 18 in the third quarter. Five here on the fourth. Patrick Ewing's next point will be his first. 0 for 9 from the field. 0 for 2 from the foul line. This is unbelievable. This may be the worst game in the NBA career of Patrick Ewing. You know, you can say, well, he did some other things out there, but I don't know if there's any evidence of that in the first half. Ewing finally scored.
3: This may be the worst game of his career. Patrick hits one of two from the line, his first point of the game. There's six minutes and change left, 71-58, and it's just, it's just as ugly as can be. At this point, you know, we... I forget if it's come up in the broadcast at this point. It hasn't, so I'll, I'll save this point. But uh, it, it is it is looking historically bad here for the Knicks. Yeah. Um, yes,
4: yeah, that's right. They, they, they note the, uh, the all-time playoff low uh, up to that point, which had actually been set by the Indiana Pacers yeah. earlier that very same playoff year against, against the Atlanta Hawks. Hawks. Um, yeah, the Pacers uh, put up 69 uh, in a loss to the Hawks. Uh, in round two, um, but uh, yeah, the Knicks are uh, uh, have a chance, quote unquote, have a chance to 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 make history here. Uh, with six minutes to go, um, six thirty to go, Miller goes to the line, hits a couple free throws. Uh, more race cars.
3: Pacers are trapping the Knicks, and they're up 15 points. Really, this is the first yeah. time I noticed this, and it really offends me to the core. I'm like, what are they doing? Like. I, it just, it, it really bugged me. Yeah. Ron Harper, uh, Derek Harper hits a three with 550 left. At this point, it's 73, 61. The Knicks are within 12. Dale Davis responds on the other end with a dunk 75, 61. Again, Dale Davis. Yeah, go ahead. 525 to go. Uh, we get more race cars, uh, more race cars in the arena. Yeah. Dale Davis again with another inside move. Now it's 77, 61. Pacers are up 16 points. Uh, There's five minutes left in the game. We take a commercial break. We have gourmet wrestling.
2: Hey, gourmet cooking. Welcome. Put the wrestling back on. Gourmet cooking.
0: Let's watch both. Noodle. Middle presents Gourmet
3: gourmet wrestling that was a fun one you, yeah for Miller Light. do you remember the cowboy way I don't remember this movie but it had Woody Harrelson and Kiefer Sutherland
0: hold on to your hats hey how you doing and stop the music
5: oh.
2: ow the cowboy way. I do believe she loves me. Woody Harrelson. And how would you like those steaks prepared? Well, just knock his horns off, whack his nasty old butt, and chunk them right down on the plate. Kiefer Sutherland. Maybe we ought to
0: show him how old Pancho V used to make guys talk. <laughs> Damn, that looks like it hurts. The cowboy way. Rated PG-13. Starts Friday. I never actually
4: saw the the movie, but I definitely remember the ads. Um Yeah, I mean, how could you forget? We got Woody and Kiefer. Being a couple of cowboys in the Big Apple, of um, you know, who boy, that's that's comedy gold right there. Sure. They're they're cowboys, Chris, but they're in a, uh, you know, sort of a fish out of water setting, if you will. Yep.
3: Makes sense to me. Yeah. All right. Coming back from the commercial, about 440 left. I just have in my notes, Jesus, I hate these Knicks. Derek Harper can't get a bucket. Reggie Miller, yeah. Sinks Harper another. clank. Yep. Yeah. Seventy nine. Miller no,
4: gets in for a nice little finger roll. Seventy nine. Yeah. Pacers up eighteen. Yeah.
3: Just, just, just terrible. Starks on the line. Um, he's seven <laughs> for twelve from the line at this point. Seventy nine. Yeah. He
4: clanks, clanks his first free throw so hard, so hard. Um, but then somehow makes the second. So he's seven of twelve from the line. Uh, Marv notes no
3: happy statistics for the Knicks. The second Corey half. Gaines coming in for Derek Harper feels a bit like the white flag being waved here. Yeah, um,
4: that was fun to see Corey yeah. return. And I, I don't,
3: I mean that with no disrespect because obviously he's had some really memorable moments for the Knicks, especially in the past oh, Of course, years. but uh, yeah, we love Corey. Yeah, it just felt like uh, Pat Riley waving the white flag, and then uh, mm-hmm. Ewing and Starks come out of the game. Go to the bench and get a circle. Oh, sorry. Right
4: before that, Chris, uh, it's it's eighty-one sixty-four after a Miller basket, uh, three thirty to go, and Nick's have the ball, and we get uh, we get race car sound effects, race car sound effects in the arena, Break. very loud. And I think it's important to note this isn't like a like a three-second sound drop. Um, you know, this isn't like a little like like you know you, you push a button. I if I'm not mistaken, the. <sighs> I I can't, like, totally confirm this, but I think the sound effect sometimes lasted longer. Like, they could almost control how long the race cars would go for. Because I swear to God, there were, like, certain possessions where you would hear the race cars the entire time the Knicks had the ball and they would only stop upon a shot going it
3: really, out. They really did sound like just a pack of bees, just like zizzing, like like buzzing. Well,
4: it's yeah. funny It's funny you say that. Yeah. It's funny you say that. A little bit later on, we'll, I'll, I'll
3: tell you what. Okay. Um, so, sh- 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 where am I here? So, uh, Starks and Ewing come out of the game. They get a sarcastic reaction from the crowd as they go yeah. to the bench.
2: And the other end of the floor,
1: Good position, but that's enough for today for Patrick Ewing as he goes to the bench.
0: Receiving a sarcastic reaction from the crowd, this is one We will not forget. 0 for 10 from the field, 1 for 4 from the line. Only one point. Only four rebounds. You
3: can see the line for the game on Patrick Ewing. He is 0 oh, for boy. 10. 0 for 10 from the field with one and four rebounds. Um, this game, in my notes, ben, I write, this game can't end soon enough. I hate this. It's miserable.
4: Yeah, we still have over three minutes to it's go. It's insane, man. Ewing, che- Ewing checks out, and I'm just like, oh, that's. I guess that's it. I guess that's his game. So- 0 of 10, mm-hmm. 1 of 4 from the line, 1 point so it's very
3: obvious at this point the Knicks are going to lose the game so we I think we can loosen up a bit and talk less specifically and more just generally here about moments and things we're feeling but something I wrote in my notes here Ben was like this game at this point with three minutes and change just feels like high school detention to me this feels like we got detention for bad behavior like and I'm mad frankly like we didn't do anything wrong We have dominated our opponents. When it was the Bulls, we took care of business. We blew out the Pacers in the first two games of the series, and now we're getting detention for what? It makes no sense. It's totally unfair, and I'm pissed. I feel like a a teenager all over again. I'm very, very upset at my parents.
4: Yeah, I I am so frustrated, yep. so angry. I feel that exactly that juvenile sense of of just um, just like uh, 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 a ag- just like be, like Ugh. have like having like a like something that is not fair and not right has yeah. has been done to me.
3: It's like when you were punished when you were a kid and your parents were like, go to your room, and you're like, but I didn't do anything. It was like, go to your room, and then you just have to yeah. go to your room. It's like this is so unfair. I didn't do anything wrong, and now yeah. I have to go to my this room. Is- Bullshit. yeah and then yeah. uh two minutes left the lead at this point is 18 points 18 points mm-hmm. I have in my notes all caps why are they trapping us why are they trapping us and then <laughs> it makes total sense why they're trapping us Matt Gukas and Marv Albert
0: tell us why the so Knicks with 66 points the playoff record fewest points two minutes Against
3: Atlanta when they scored only 69. The Pacers are 1,000% want to set the record for holding the Knicks to the fewest points in a playoff game. That's why these assholes are trapping us.
4: Yeah, they currently hold the record at 69 points. The Knicks have 68 points.
3: Nothing would make um, them happier than seeing the Knicks hold that inglorious record. Uh, the score is 86 to 66. Hubert Davis uh, hits a shot and is fouled.
0: The home fans enjoying the victory here as Hubert Davis Hubert is able to hit and a foul.
3: He has the chance to make this a 69 point game. Very
2: hard to get it on just one day's notice.
4: Oh, I didn't even. Re- I forgot about that. I, I I honestly stopped taking notes. Yeah, like after Ewing uh, went out, I was just like, I'm done. I'm not taking any more notes. This is bullshit. Yep, yep.
3: yep I, I yep,
4: literally yep. just like I, I I staged a protest. <laughs> so, but I did not realize that no, Hubert was at the line for a chance. Hubert Davis the record.
3: at the line. If he hits that foul shot, it's the 69th point, and it's all amazing,
4: amazing stone cold free throw shooter. Hubert Davis, of course, made the two clutch free throws at the end of game five. You can't the, sink it. You know, the phantom foul, Mm -hmm. the the most reliable free throw shooter on the team, probably. And no, not not today.
3: So the Knicks end the game with 68 points. Uh... All the uh, it's the it's the lowest it's the fewest points ever scored in a playoff game. That distinction now belongs to the New York Knicks. It used to belong to the Indiana Pacers when they played the Atlanta Hawks and only scored sixty-nine points. But now that distinction belongs to the New York Knicks. And Ben, something, I, this is such a specific visual thing, but something that mm. irked me so much was if you fast forward in our stream, there is a fan. The camera catches this fan holding up his number one finger, and uh-huh. it's like in the view of the camera. i uh, got it.
4: Yeah. It's not a number, it's not a foam finger, not- it's just
3: his finger. He's just holding
4: the number one up in the, the air. The way
3: the camera pans from one <laughs> hoop to the other. It's sort of a wide angle, so you really see like the breath of the of the of the, of the fans, the crowd, uh, and this one yeah. fan who's like directly <laughs> below the camera extends his arm up and sticks up his number one finger, and it's basically first right first he where- waggles
4: it. He he fucking waggles it first.
3: Yes and he and then
4: and then he just holds his it. Extended. just
3: his erect pointer <laughs> finger will not get off the screen and it is the most offensive thing to my eye oh my god it stands oh there god. for like a solid four to five seconds and he just keeps pointing it higher and higher and I'm like, you asshole. Just all you see, yeah. all you see the camera
4: cuts off the rest of his body. So you don't even see, he's wearing a t-shirt. You, just so you don't even see anything see except a disembodied bare you know? arm. Yes. Just an arm and the finger without a body one. attached to it.
3: And it's like, dude, that's it. One. You've won one game. Congratulations. <laughs> one. You have won. Put the yeah, finger you down. You are not
4: number one. Yeah. It's so oh, bad. Oh, my God. And then we get a yeah. mob
3: Rashad with, with Reggie Miller and Larry Brown at the end of the game. Um, You know, who Larry Brown very proudly talks about how, you know, they were able to keep the Knicks to 68 points. I honestly
1: felt we could compete with them. And I was just hoping that we could get a game like this and show ourselves we can do it. And the fact they got 68 points, you got to be proud of your team.
2: How do you turn around and get that kind of physical defense in just a couple of days?
1: Well, we've always played good defense. We were just a little tentative. Now, you know, hopefully we made a series, but I think the series begins tomorrow.
3: All right, thanks a lot, Coach. The series begins tomorrow, he says. Oh, do mm, not okay. get me started, dude. Oh. Sure, that makes sense. Oh, Game
4: one and two just didn't count, oh, I
3: guess. Oh, this is, this is making my stomach turn. And it, dude, I will say mm. it is so weird Reggie Miller's voice has not Changed one bit. He still sounds yeah. exactly like that guy.
2: Well, I know I got an early foul trouble I just had to keep myself moving out there and try to stay mentally in the game but this is a big game for us. So we haven't beaten New York in a while and we
0: just wanted to win the first one to kind of send them a message.
3: So annoying. Yeah. It's so annoying. Yeah. Just an
4: absolutely all-around unpleasant experience um, and one more thing I have to talk about, Chris, mm-hmm. and by one more thing I mean the race cars. Um, so, I thought about about this a lot um, throughout the game. No, now uh, remember when we uh, brought up Ahmad Rashad uh, coming back from commercial break? Um, you know, playing the race car sound effect, pushing the button himself like a little boy in a fucking, uh, you know, sitting in like yep. a, a like a fire truck or something. F.A.O. Schwartz. Um, yep. Yeah. Um, pushes the button. Says that it, it fires up the crowd. Right. It wasn't used to fire up the crowd, as I mentioned. The sound of the race cars going around and around in the arena never played when the Indiana Pacers held the ball. It was only played when the Knicks had the ball. No fucking question about it. The only point of the race cars was to disorient, distract, and torture. Torture the opposing team. It was not a crowd pump-up mechanism. Because it played all the fucking time. It had no relation whatsoever to uh, point in the game, score. uh, You know, like, uh, there was no, like, oh, they just went on a big run, you know, standing ovation. Let's play the race cars. No, no. It was just played every time the Knicks touched the fucking ball. And if there was any question about it, Chris, and garbage time with three minutes left in the game, 20-point game. Patrick Ewing is on the bench. He's done for the day. They are still playing the race car sound, okay? At 2.50.35 in our recording, with 20 seconds remaining in a 20-point game, we're getting the race car sound effect. That is not a lie. I double-checked it. I triple-checked it. They were playing the race car sound on the final Knicks possession with 20 seconds left and a fucking 20-point blowout. Like, you are just torturing us you are literally using this sound to taunt and torture and troll the opposing team and the
3: opposing fans that's all it was and the it was opposing just
4: fans. absolute yeah. fucking bullshit just absolute amateur hour just bush league bullshit psychological torture and it's not okay Um. It is not okay. It is illegal, uh, according to the Geneva Convention. Um, This is a country that does not torture, even though we obviously do torture. Right. Um, But that is a stain on America. Uh, That is one of the most shameful, uh, horrible aspects of American history. Yeah. Um, It is a sergeant slaughter
3: level move, (laughs) I'll say.
5: Oh
4: my god! Yeah. Oh my god! It's I just—I just, really deplorable. can't. Um, deplorable. Yeah. Deplorable. Yeah. I mean, we should. My god. I mean, I want to put. Yeah. This oh wait. One, so yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sure you want to wrap this up and get us out of here as quickly as possible, Chris. But as one last final point, I have to put a name to this atrocity, and that name is Jeff Scalp. That's Jeff J E F F scalf s-c-a-l-f okay who was jeff scalf he was the director of game operations and entertainment for the indiana pacers franchise Ben. he joined yes ben. <laughs>
3: you, <laughs> yes you, what's wrong you psycho <laughs> go ahead i'm sorry i'm sorry you can cut this No. No, cut this no, no, no 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 nothing's being cut out I
4: just Jeff was Scalf, not expecting I, am, it. I have to call this man out by name because this crime cannot go unpunished. Jeff Scalf was the director of game operations and entertainment for the Indiana Pacers. He joined the franchise in February of 1994. Okay? So not even, like, before the season started. In February of 94, with just a couple months left in the season, he came in to the Indiana franchise and... According to his words from nba.com slash pacers slash news slash whatever, MSA staff, whatever, we'll, we'll include the link in, uh, in the episode's notes. Uh, he says, quote, My challenge was to assist in creating a better fan experience. Yeah, better fan experience. Up to this point, our fans were never perceived as being really boisterous. My boss at the time was Mark Andrew, and I approached him with an idea on how to assist in creating a loud crowd. I really felt the crowd needed some prompting. That's because, obviously, Indiana is a bullshit, stupid, worthless organization uh, whose fans are morons uh, and uh, mostly garbage people, and they don't know uh, basketball. So, of course, they needed some assisting in, like, how to fucking cheer for their basketball team. Um, sorry, getting back to, uh, to Jeff golf. Um, uh, perhaps a battle cry or a fight song. It had to be something unique to Indiana fans and relatable to the team. Uh, And then he goes on to talk about how, like, Coach Brown would always preach toughness and quickness, uh, you know, getting, getting back faster, moving, moving, don't just stand there. So then he says, quote, it occurred to me one day, there was a sound that really captured what Coach Brown was teaching and drilling in the minds of players and fans. It was a sound I had heard all my life as a Hoosier. That fucking word Hoosier, by the way, needs to be banned from the human language, from the English language. Uh, it was the sound... Oh, get this. This guy's a real fucking poet. Listen to this. He says, Jeff Scalf says, It was the sound of spring overtaking winter when Indiana seemed to come to life again. It was the powerful racing sound of an Indianapolis 500 Motor Speedway car. At first, everyone thought I was nuts, but I was able to sell the idea based on the team persona. Uh, so, uh, thank you. Thank you, Jeff Scalf. Um, I just wanted to make sure that we uh, named the name um, that, we, uh, <laughs> that we needed to name. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see here. I'm trying to uh, see if there's anything more. I mean, there, he, he, writes, he writes about this fucking process of creating the Indies uh, for like a thousand words here. Um, I see some of us see, did um, a little
3: extra homework then.
4: Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, I'm not going to tell you exactly how late I stayed up last night, but uh, but um, I just have to say that, um, yeah, like I said, I'm not proud of any well, of Well, you're this. looking your um, monster, you're I, looking
3: your demon in the eye. That's that's what this podcast has yeah. always, you know, in part been about, which was, you know, and continues to be healing you. Um, is, yeah. You know, it is... Uh, as we have discussed before, uh, it is a therapy session for you. And this is about closure, about healing for you, about tying up old wounds that the NBA delivered to your heart. And, you know, the Indiana Pacers are one of your big, um, one of your big enemies, one of your big demons, one of your big monsters. So for you to look this, um, phobia, for you to look this trauma in the eye is very commendable. And, um, Ben, we're here with you. The podcast community, the audience, the OTL audience is here with you in solidarity as you uh, as you grapple with this uh, with this experience.
4: Well, I really appreciate that, Chris. I appreciate you giving me the time. Uh, you know, this was obviously a double session. I'll pay you extra for. <laughs> um, I know that we went a little bit long. No, it's it was um, worth it,
3: man. it. was absolutely worth it.
4: But, uh, hey,
3: we're on to game yeah. four. Let's have a better game. <laughs>
4: Um, yeah, I'm sure everything will be much better. Let's put this one behind let's just us. Put this one behind and, uh,
3: us. We are on to game four. Who knows uh, how Coach Larry Brown has been celebrating? Who knows what sort of suit he'll oh be God. wearing? Um, if you're in the Indianapolis area, please keep an eye out for a small little man wearing glasses. If he comes to your house late at night, do not let him in. His car nope. did not break down on the side of the highway. He does not need assistance. <laughs> just do not let him in your home he's an evil man don't
4: listen to a single thing he he's says not, he's trying yeah. to manipulate you yeah.
3: he is not a safe man he's unhinged and he will wear your oversized suits uh ben this has been fun as always we're on to game four we'll see you uh, at the next one at market square and uh we'll talk to you real soon
4: all right chris uh a pleasure uh, a very very fun experience uh, as as always here my goodness
3: that was a fun one my name is Chris Mundelek and this is On the Line. You can tweet at us at OntheLine underscore pod. Find us on Instagram. Check out previous episodes on our website, onthelinepodcast.com. Please rate for you. Subscribe to the show. In Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify. Uh, wherever you get podcasts. I hope you guys are great. I hope you're staying safe. Please stay inside. Enjoy watching all of these uh old NBA games with us on on YouTube. Uh, the account that we're watching these games on is Pick and Roll UK. Uh, salute to that guy and uh, stay safe and we will talk to you real soon.